0: And you're listening to episode 35 of CinePunks. CinePunks! So today we have our guest, Miss Sam Deegan, with us. Hello. Hello, Sam. Thank you. This is uh, actually take two of this episode because the first time we did it, I closed the computer and broke everything.
1: Okay. There is no evidence. I destroyed it. There is no there's no actual evidence that this is Josh's fault. <laughs> I get why he thinks it's his fault, but there's no evidence. Because Liam was like, Josh, why'd you break it? And I was like, I'm so sorry. So and at it was, first, it did seem like it was your fault because you closed the computer before I did, it was done. I did. I but did. But when I couldn't find the backups, right. that let me know there was a problem before that. Okay. But I think it was just the seeing you
0: close it. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. I've left computers open from now ever since then. I'll never close another computer ever again. <laughs> the, the, the tragedy is that the last episode was epic. It, it was, was a really a good wonderful episode. discussion. But
1: that was, I would say, the episode was really great almost only because Sam is here. Yeah. So she's here again. So I think that ups her. But this was not the same. As anyone who's looked through our archives knows, we have a lost episode
0: here or there. Or we just have the found episode that's episode. completely unlistenable. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But,
1: but the cool. lost episode was kind of cool because it was like we were just getting started and we lost an episode. And it was yeah. like, we'll just leave it lost. <laughs> At episode 35, losing an episode, less cool. Nothing <laughs> epic about it. Like, we were not like, oh, fucking, who cares? We were like, oh, no, we got to
0: do it again. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. Amateur hour, baby. That's that's the that's where we like to play it. I think we're trying. We're doing our best.
2: <laughs> and I'm way more caffeinated than last time. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm hoping this leads to chaos. Yeah, I'm it hoping might. this leads to sponsorship from Fan Long, one of the greatest
1: Vietnamese restaurants in we the Kenton area. Long. I do have to say, <laughs> I do have to say, we have not pursued our sponsorship deal with Federal Donuts, and that's all on me. I just keep forgetting <laughs> to email my man Brian, and it's not them. Like, so uh, as you guys know, we used to be sponsored by Federal Donuts. Then the person we were in contact with left, and then I just didn't get in touch. I finally got in touch with them just before this is hardcore. But my yeah. life has been so hectic since this is hardcore, I haven't gotten back in touch. But they were seriously like, Yeah, man, you got. Because we literally, <laughs> what I said was, uh, We eat too many bad things anyway, so we don't need donuts. We just want coffee. And they were like, We would love to give you coffee. That would actually yeah, we be We would so love to better.
0: drink their coffee because it's so delicious.
1: It's good. Well, it's elixir coffee now. Ah, so, can't go wrong there. Cannot go wrong. <laughs> Anyways, we like you, Fetchel So we're back here with Sam, and we're gonna do our whacking on track. And I'm wondering if if you have new whacking on track, or if you're gonna do the same ones.
2: Sort of some okay. of the same, some new.
1: <laughs> I kind of like that. I appreciate that. But as our guest, you get first go. So let's hear it.
2: Okay. So my on track is I just read the first two Spectacular Optical books. So to be fair, I'm in the second one, so I'm a little biased. But the first one, it's called Kid Power. And it's an anthology from all different film writers about weird children's programming in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Wow. And I contributed to the Kickstarter. So I've had the book for, I guess, about a year now. But I finally got around to reading it, and it was great. Like, it made me want to watch so many things that I, I hadn't seen. And the Satanic Panic book is the same way. And as for things that I've watched... Last night I watched Halloween 3, which I will fight anyone. It that's is the, the best of the, of the Witch series. One. It's yes. so good. It's the best one.
0: Was it with you that we were discussing the Halloween story arc and all that about Halloween 2? I, I think I might have been talking with you about it or with Liam.
2: Mm, you, maybe.
0: The, the, was, that, was that on the last show? I don't remember. It was the idea that uh, Halloween 3 was supposed to be what the Halloween franchise was going to be.
2: Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's that exactly. Was, it, was that what we were talking about? Or? I think so. I mean, okay. he wanted to do. I think a whole a series of films yeah. that were all different Halloween stories, but were Halloween not all themed, about though. Michael Myers. Yeah. yeah, I don't know.
0: That's a bummer, man. The whole Michael Myers thing, especially considering, like you know.
2: <laughs> Where it wound up, H two O. Like well, when LL, I, I actually defend H two O. When LL Cool J is the only good part of your movie, and it has it's not some. A, it's not a good
1: look. That's uh, good look. <laughs> when was the
2: last mean, time I you love, guys listened to I Bad by him. LL Cool J?
1: Wow. I that love LL Cool awesome. J.
2: In Deep Blue Sea, he's <laughs> the greatest thing ever.
1: It's not about having an issue with LL Cool J. No,
2: no, but it's the, I mean the franchise. I get it. I mean, I get it. I understand. When you only have one part of your movie, that's good. That's what I'm saying. But go on about Season of the Witch. It's just wonderful. I mean, I hopefully when I am old, I will become Connell Cochran and <laughs> give children evil masks and take a piece of Stonehenge and, and, mean, and the world.
1: I will say, too, besides the fact that for me, Season of the Witch might be my favorite one, it's also the best soundtrack yes. of any of them? Mm-hmm.
2: It definitely... It's so much better than Halloween. Like, Halloween's good, don't get me wrong, in terms of the soundtrack. But I noticed that watching it again last night, just how great it is.
0: So how about Whack? What do you got for Wack?
2: Well, so on Monday, I published an article all about contemporary horror, and... Part of the reason I wrote it is because people accuse me of hating everything, which there's a current...
1: (laughs) So you watch these new movies and there wasn't a lot of things, or there were some that you liked and there were some that you really disliked.
2: Yes. Definitely among the movies I disliked, American Mary is at the top of the list Mm -hmm. because it... I don't really get the hype. Like I, I tend to be one of those people who dislikes movies that are way... Or books or anything. Music that has way too much hype behind it. But even this, like I gave it a couple of years and watched it again and I still don't understand what anyone found enjoyable other than Catherine Isabel who is always delightful. But even she couldn't save it.
1: I I I didn't hate it hate it, but it's not interesting and again, I hate to say that because I don't want hype to be a detriment to a film in and of itself like a film needs a certain amount of hype for you to see it on the other hand in people's efforts to get you excited about a movie they can oversell it and for me American Mary is mediocre at best yeah it's kind of boring at times
2: poorly written
1: it's not very well written at all so I don't I didn't love it and and we said this last time and I don't want to focus on it too much but I do feel like a lot of the attention to both that and What is it dead hooker in a trunk is is about the directors it's you know we have two twin sister directors writers directors producers and i hear about them when i should be hearing about the movie
0: right so it's focused on them as as figures as opposed to movies that they make
1: about their personality And and less about their ability
0: fair enough Fair enough. I did get a chance to look through the the post that you did. Uh, You saw that one about the detective, the one that... um,
2: The The treatment.
0: The treatment. What did you think about that one?
2: So that one I was really excited to see because it was sort of one of those movies where I didn't hear much about it, but I heard it's super grim, therefore people thought I would like it.
0: Did you like it? I did. I did not like it, I'm going to say.
2: I liked it with certain... I felt like he the so the actor who plays the lead is way too handsome. Okay. It just wasn't believable. It's very
0: gritty with the he's fuzzy.
2: Yeah, well he was almost of sort of like that, that British actor who I wanna say is in three hundred, but he he always plays sort of these like gruff, handsome manly men. And I just felt like They needed somebody more overtly flawed to play the lead in the treatment. I mean, he was a decent actor, but Mm. I also... Too strong of a jawline kind of thing? Yeah, he was just too handsome. I mean, he had sort of too... Liam hears that all the time.
1: Constantly. (laughs) All I ever hear about is like,
2: (laughs) Too fucking you and
1: your jawline. What is up with your jawline, Liam? all this hair... Too all this, for this hair podcast. oh my gosh no one says anything about my hair <laughs> but go on i'm sorry
2: the, he just he had two modes there was mode number one where he was angry and looked like he was going to beat people up and mode two where his head was in his hands and he was just struggling and so that was a little like come on guys we've all seen <laughs> law and order svu like you could take it a little further but for the most part I did like it.
1: Okay. So do you have other whacks you want us to hear about other than American Mary, which is way whack?
2: Starry <laughs> Eyes.
1: Oh, we talked about this uh, last yeah, time you too. Just I forgot. Starry Eyes. You yeah. really just I, I so I just wanna say I disagree, but I wanna hear oh, oh I kinda remember, but I want us to actually record you saying, <laughs> Why wow, you don't like starry <laughs>
2: eyes? So I liked the beginning of it, but I feel like that whole. Also, anyone who hasn't seen it might not want to listen to what I'm about to say because it's going to ruin
1: spoilers. We need like a sound effect, dude. We talked about this last time a too. Foghorn. We're fine for now, but yes, eventually we'll. We <laughs> will have... Foghorn would be so funny. Yeah, it'd be so. I, but it needs to be like a like a button thing, you know? Like, and we just like
0: I could just get a foghorn and like burr,
1: like actually spray it.
0: Go on,
2: or a cowbell.
0: I like getting Cow sound. Bells. I like getting sound
1: yeah. advice from uh, my the co-host, yeah. who forgets he needs to talk into his microphone. Right, right. I'm sure you would foghorn into. The I microphone. would totally analog the shit out of that foghorn too. It wouldn't
0: even be like a computer generated foghorn. It'd be like the air horn. But anyway, go on, starry eyes.
2: Oh, I was gonna say, what was I even talking about? Um, I like the beginning of it. Basically, the premise is this girl who's a struggling actress. She's kind of awkward, kind of on the outside of her group of friends.
0: Who all seem like douchebags, by the way.
2: Yeah, they're all acting douchebags. She finds out about this role in a horror movie, and she really goes for it. And they call her back, not because she does a good job, but because she has this full-on meltdown in the bathroom where she has basically just like a big anxiety attack, rips her hair out, screams, but pretty much they're calling her back because the producers are part of a satanic cult and they essentially give her something that causes her to be reborn as a Hollywood demon. And yeah, or that's, a that's, diva. That's Oh Yes. <laughs> Wordplay, man. Wordplay, it's
1: what I do. <laughs> Go on. She's a diva. <laughs> for Satan. A uh, divan, if you will. Oh, well, God. Fuck Then you. we
2: would have to sit on her. <laughs> 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 okay. You tried. Sorry. Go, Go for on. It. Go for it. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I'm sort of tired of all of these recent satanic cult movies where the twist at the end of the movie is, surprise, everyone here is in a satanic cult. Is I mean, it an- a twist or
0: a, r- a reveal? I, I got in this discussion with Evo yesterday that there's a difference between the two.
1: And yeah.
2: that uh,
0: a twist versus a reveal is very different.
2: I guess it's a reveal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the Starry Eyes movie kind of was building up to it in an obvious way. I would say... uh A movie that it felt like a twist was maybe the last exorcism.
2: Which, oh my God, the hatred. I can't (laughs) even begin. I am
1: ambiguous on that movie. I I I didn't hate it. I I didn't didn't love it. But I didn't I mean it's so
2: bad.
1: There has has yet to be for (laughs) me a found footage horror movie I truly love. Yeah, there is yet
0: to be. Because they're all terrible. I, I Let's we'll see if it's funny. well let's continue with Starry Eyes, because I have more to say on this, but please go do. On.
2: Well, it's mostly just that I'm sick of the trope. Like right. there's Last Exorcism, there's uh House of the Devil, Kill List. Right. And in my article I wrote that I sort of gave Kill List a pass.
1: Because of Wheatley? Is that his name? Wheatley?
2: Yeah, Ben Wheatley. Actually it's mostly because of Michael Smiley, the
1: Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure
2: one of the two leads in the movie and also one of the leads in A Field in England. I don't know why, but I find him super compelling and he sort of saved the film for me.
1: I I mean, I love A Field in England.
2: Yeah, me too. I've not
0: seen that, but I just got a copy of it.
1: I'm definitely ambiguous on Kill List, but I like it more than I dislike it.
2: Well, I just ruined the end for you. And I everyone don't give a listened. shit.
0: I'm going to watch it anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I think the reason I wound up liking Kill List is because someone told me that it was a surprise satanic cult movie. Ah. And knowing the ending, I was less angry. Like, I'm one of those people where I don't ever care about spoilers. Probably the only time I would have cared is with Chinatown. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my mother, my, or my daughter, my sister. Mm-hmm. But with the satanic cult thing, it's just, it's a really weak way to end a movie from a writing standpoint, but at least in Kill List, they made it look super beautiful.
1: I got to be honest, though. Uh, it works for me in House of the Devil, too. Oh. I, didn't, I, I know. We, this is the, Again, we're going to get into this, I think, a little bit later. I want to just get through our whacking on track. Right. Yeah. But I think that, uh, and this is one of my joys, that we can like horror and like different things in horror. Yeah, it's a broad like, thing. Yeah, the same like yeah. with metal. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I have friends who are super stoked on Amon Amarth, and, mm-hmm. and I have friends who are super stoked on Revenge. Right, and those people are often not, you know, they don't super see themselves on, on like the same team. But, no, you know, they definitely <laughs> don't. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you. But it's kind of cool that the, you know there's so much. I mean, I like that there's so much variety. Right. No, right, so right. do
0: I. Yeah. Well, in, just just as a baseline, in the pantheon of horror tropes that you're sick of. Sam what would you say give me like a top three things that you hate seeing in horror movies
2: well it's definitely the satanic cult thing which is weird because I love satanic films and I really love folk horror I just feel like with all these recent movies it is literally there. it's like they're following the same outline mm-hmm. I Almost wrote about Wakewood for my list because I like that they did something a little different with it. Okay. I, I don't know if you Wait, guys which have one was seen Wakewood. It. Is that the Wakewood? It's one of the new Hammer Studios movies where basically this couple, their daughter dies. They're devastated. They move to this small town called Wakewood. They aren't doing so well because obviously you know their kid just passed away. But they get sort of freaked out by the locals and they want to leave. But the locals want them to stay because the husband is a vet and the wife is a pharmacist, and so they want people of their skill living in that town, and they tell them like, "Yes, we are a crazy pagan cult, but we can bring your kid back for three days and yeah. I just it's not a perfect film. there's a lot of a lot that I was sort of frustrated by because I also really hate evil little kid horror mm-hmm. So like, would
0: that be another trope that goes in your top. that three?
2: would be another trope, which was ultimately <laughs> why I didn't love Wakewood, even right. though the performances are solid. I
1: might be with you on the evil little kid thing only be only in that like i I feel like lately I've watched a couple movies with killer kids uh what was I forget the name of it, but there's a movie where the director's known for wearing a mask and no one knows his real name, and uh he made a movie where these white ass tourists Go to a, uh, oh, a island and it's all the children there. And then yeah, the and, and the children there. are just like murdering people, and uh, <laughs> and the they do the thing where the woman's pregnant, and of course her oh, pregnant yeah. baby is also evil. Oh. Yeah, are you talking
2: about the Spanish movie?
1: Yeah, I think it's Spanish.
2: Okay, that movie is called Who Can Kill a Child, and what? I I love that film. No, no, no.
1: This is the oh, is but that's the cla- Who can kill a child is a classic.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's this what is I thought basically you were a
1: motherfucking about. rip off of that.
2: Oh, oh, it's a remake, but it never gives credit to the it original. It never gives I know credit. I oh, exactly what wow.
1: you're talking about. And here's my feeling on that movie. That's awful. That, 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 that movie... Terrible. Here's the thing, and I hate to be this person, but I'm going to say it. That movie assumes far too much. Mm-hmm. It assumes that I would not fucking punch a child in his motherfucking <laughs> face. Same. And the reality is, like, I would never... Up until the point, if you have... The child killer thing only works if they surprise you. Yep. Uh-huh. If you've seen... That all the kids want to kill adults, and then you're presented with a child, you punch that child in the motherfucking face. That, yeah, or you shoot movie, them when everyone's the shotgun. like, oh my God, kids, <laughs> what am I going to do? I couldn't possibly hit a kid. Come on, man, we're in Europe. You can hit a kid. Come on. <laughs> You done? In Europe. <laughs> you probably hit a kid before you got to that fucking island. Don't act like you don't know what to do. I thought you were gonna say you
0: probably hit a kid before you got to the theater, which would have made it so much funnier. So
1: much funnier. So- I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, like I get it. Like, I'm not actually saying anyone should hit children. But when you're presented Sometimes. with this movie, it, the reality is that the movie only works if it's impossible to you that you would hit a kid, even to save your wife. Right
2: Well, and I know I would hit a kid with a hammer. like I don't care. <laughs> but that's why the original is so strong because they get to the island and I think by the time they get there, all the adults are dead and it's right. just this mostly abandoned island. They're, they're probably three-fourths of the way through the film before they realize that the children are trying to kill them. Like they are totally taken by surprise. And I think
1: that's what this movie tried to pull off, but they the reveal is too soon. So there's too much time where they can figure mm-hmm. it out. And they could have figured it out, even though the big reveal is like a little bit later. There's so many clues before then that it's definitely a situation of the audience being. It's like one of those movies where the audience has completely figured out what's going on. Yeah. But the people are still like, I don't get it. There's a kid. And now there's a dead adult. So What enraging. could possibly have happened? And then you're like. Kill, kid killed the fucking <laughs> hit that kid with a
2: tree trunk what is wrong with you or set them all on fire <laughs> <laughs> I'm, which I'm, is my solution for a lot of things children related okay
1: okay so let's get back we're doing whacking on track <laughs> american mary whack starry eyes whack which i think we disagree with a little yeah, bit yeah, back, yeah. but that's fine and then was there anything else whack you wanted to highlight before we move on
2: uh, I think that that about. That's pretty good. It. Yeah. <laughs> Those are
1: two movies that got a lot of hype. So I think that's a fair. That's shots fired. You just right. fired shots. Yeah. That happened. That's, that's episode fine. thirty-five. Again, for me, no defense of American Mary, but I, I I did like Star Eyes a little. bit. I enjoyed Starry Eyes too. I thought it was fine. I think for okay. me, I'm not sick of that trope of the satanic cult, cult trope, and I don't know if that's maybe because I don't watch that many newer movies, so I haven't know like I've well, seen a few of the not movies. Seen you mentioned a lot of satanic
0: cult movies.
1: Oh, is that man. true? Is that not a thing you've
0: yeah, seen? It's of? Not, I've not seen The Devil's Reign. I've not seen. What? The, yeah, I know. And Ernest Borgnine's
1: in it. Devil's Reign is classic. It's yeah.
0: amazing. It, it's on it's on Shudder.
1: You gotta What's do a up, double Shutter? feature of but, um, You gotta do a double feature of the Devil's Reign and Kingdom of Spiders. Yeah. Because you feel like uh I've not seen either of oh like them. You feel like you uh, feel like Shatner is just the same guy in both movies.
2: Also <laughs> He's if, wearing the same outfit. Yeah, he pretty much is <laughs> and if you really want to make a triple feature out of it, throw Incubus onto the end. Oh, it's true, true, true. A, the greatest day ever. of Well, there's that too, but <laughs> it's like best day of Shatner related horror movies All right. you can have. I'm down.
0: I'm down. I'll do that. I'm not afraid of you guys or satanic cults.
1: I feel, I just, I brought up Kingdom of Spiders partly too, because like, since I moved to Easton, I think Easton is the kingdom of spiders. <laughs> There's so many fucking spiders everywhere. Yo, fuck spiders right in there. Fucking no, I love spiders. Oh, hell no. Okay, hell so no. did we cover, did you, we did On Track with you too, yes? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, and I didn't want to move on without giving, you know, but I want I Josh, know. No, I'm I want to you. give Josh some time for whacking On Track as well.
0: All right. So, my whacking On Track. On Track. Because I'm an optimist, we'll start with. Because like.
1: I'm an optimist,
0: <laughs> I've seen. A, I um, I went through a long period of times where I wasn't watching a lot of movies. Because you know, I went on vacation, just been busy with like other stuff. But uh, this past week, I saw maybe four movies, which is a lot for me. You know what I mean? I saw. Uh, the Black Panthers, Vanguard of Freedom, the documentary about the Black oh, Panthers. Oh, how was that? It was cool because I got to see it with the director in attendance. And Liam knows, typically, I hate Q&As. I'm not going to sit there. Yep. Every single time it's a and a Typically, if we're there, it's for something nerdy.
2: Cause... And there's always the one guy who has, the or a lady, but there's always the one person who has the microphone. They talk for 20 minutes, and at Ugh. the end, you don't know if they asked a question.
0: it makes me want to slaughter people. When q and turned into like, well, this is what I did because I'm a super fan and now I'm talking to you and I can tell you what I did because that's about me. Oh, I hate that I gotta be honest, yeah, so
1: though. I, I I prefer that, too. Do you, were you at the Q&A with me of that movie? Um, Marth, Martha Martha Marcy? Yes, I Mar-B. was. Remember the guy who showed it was like, okay, now you know where the film ends? Oh, uh, yeah. And it's kind He's of like, ambiguous. Well, and yeah. the director's like, yeah, it is ambiguous. He goes, so what happens immediately after oh, that? Oh, my God. I'm like, dude, you don't think he knew it was ambiguous and that he... was the point
0: whenever that shit uh. happens I just imagine myself standing on the chair behind that person and then elbow dropping the bullshit out of their face with my elbow
2: That's yeah. what I want to do so bad like WWF maneuver but that yeah, would no. be a good time for one.
0: How funny would that be though if some guy <laughs> asks a stupid question and we're sitting there and some other weirdo just jumps up behind <laughs> him off a chair <laughs> and elbow drops the shit out of him? Oh my god. Or a drop kick. So what? how is how was this a This Q and A was way better because you're not gonna get a bunch of people. I mean, there were a couple people in the audience that were like, Well, I was a Black Panther in the seventies in Philadelphia. Oh, that's awesome. It was insane. Like that was crazy, right? And it wasn't a lot of like, this is what I know. It didn't end up being that with the Q and A. And the director was very um he was very affable he was very um, very good with his answers so um it was the the documentary was very eye opening there's a lot of Huey P Newton shaming in it which um you know depending on your perspective some people say that's a thing some people say it's bad whatever i mean like it's the movie actually the most in, at its most insane they they interviewed police that were working to suppress the black panthers which If you're a cop that tried to take down the Black Panther Party, how are you going to be in a documentary about that 20 years later, 30 years later, or 40 years later, actually? That's insane to me. That's fucking crazy pants. And they were just on the screen like, yeah, well, we used hoses and we sprayed people and Mostly black dudes, and that's what we did. And it's just like they still look like cops. They have like buzz cuts and shit.
1: Or any of them like? <laughs> so we're, any of them like? And that's when I planted the drugs, dude. No, I mean that's no, what I was. That, but that's all, what I was told
0: to do. It was just like I was just so surprised that they even talked, uh, agreed to talk on the on the movie. Sure. sure. And um, the other thing that was really really surprising is that you know with the with the whole um, the free what's it where you can look at all the government documents. What do they call it? The free something act. What's it called? Freedom of Information. Freedom yeah. of Information Act. They had all the stuff from um, from J. Edgar Hoover about the suppression of a Black Messiah and the debasing of. Uh, so they had all the government documents that the FBI denied that they did, but it was all written down and on the screen. So it was like they're talking about like uh, trying to increase the rift between uh, Eldridge Cleaver and Huey P. Newton and all that stuff. Like it was all in government documentation, and it's all on the movie, and you see it, and you're like, "This is real. This happened." And it's real. Like, it really happened.
1: Did you feel and like you weren't sure if it was real before that?
0: There, You know what? There's still a part of me that's like, oh, hell no. This ain't real. But then I'm like, dude, it's on there. Like, he put it on there. And I I mean, far for me to be like a blind, like, yeah, no, if the movie said it, it has to be true. But in a documentary like this, that's so sensitive, that's so that has so many people. And further, mirrors a lot of stuff that's going on in in society today. It's just crazy to think that, like... All this stuff, even though denied publicly, is documented. And that it's in this movie. That they got it for the movie.
1: Yeah, that there's actual... People think the whole, like, there's actual documents thing is, like, made up. Yeah. It's like, no...
2: No, that exists. <laughs> no, that's, that's a real, real thing. Yeah, that's a thing. Well, there's, you have to get a receipt. Like there are records yep. and it's not just like I typed something up on my typewriter and like aged the paper and yeah. told
0: everyone. No, no, no. It's like actual yeah. government dude, fucking crazy pants. So that was definitely on point. If you've seen black mixtape 1972, if you've seen the other, like, I love
1: that movie. Yeah.
0: They're so awesome. This one sits atop that. Like this is pretty cool as far as the documentary goes. Cause it, it doesn't just go. So, yeah. into so, um, yeah, As far as documentaries on on this touchy subject, it was really, really good. I also saw Black Mass, the new Johnny Depp movie. Oh, how was it? I didn't hate it. I liked it. I thought it was fine. I mean, how many gangster movies can you see that's the same exact gangster movie over and over again? Yeah. So, I mean, it's cool. Whatever. It's not the kind of movie that I thought about afterwards, only in in so much that, like, after I saw it, it blows my mind that they just arrested him in 2011.
2: I mean, he... (laughs) I feel like is one of the last like real American bandits, yeah,
0: I would agree with that, like, yeah he
2: kept it going. It's also really once you've seen pictures of him, it's really hard to imagine Johnny Depp in that role. He was being believable.
0: Good. I thought he was good, I thought he was really uh sinister and maniacal at points when he had to be, but again, I
1: mean, I want to see it regardless like yeah, it's it was interesting to me. it
0: was worth it to me, it was worth going to see it um there was a couple things about it though that uh you know, in the Fast and Furious movies, Vin Diesel's always like, I don't have friends. I have no. family.
1: No, I don't know that because I yeah, hate those me movies. Me neither because I
0: don't, watch, I don't them. watch them all the time. But anyway.
1: You love those movies. <laughs> <I> do. Don't <laughs> so love So do I.
0: <laughs> I'm not even ashamed. But he's all, this is the whole movie, basically. Like, yo, we're from Southie. We're all friends. That's what we do. You know? It's yeah. Just like, like, a little bit. You know? So, I don't know. Other than that, like, it was fine. It was a gangster movie. You want to watch a gangster movie, feel like eating popcorn? Which... As my recent trip to Hawaii has shown me, if you take the rice dressing known as furikake, oh my god, and you sprinkle it on your popcorn, it makes popcorn so
1: much better. You have it more, did. you it's have so more good. popcorn life it hacks so than good. anyone I know. Yo, man, you just need a little bit of butter to make sure that the seaweed sticks to the
0: popcorn, and then it's amazing. Yo, if you guys try I could it, not possible. All you guys, I'm just letting you know, the shit is awesome. So, um, I saw a black man, and then, um oh yeah so this got back to what we were talking about earlier I personally hate first person movies I hate POV like fucking like uh, the cameramans that, Like it started with Cloverfield and then ever since then I've never ever liked not one of those movies I saw the new M. Night Shyamalan movie
1: this weekend oh, The how was that?
2: Visit and I didn't hate it
1: I want to believe you.
2: Yeah. I, have, I have trouble believing
0: you. Yeah, no, no. I saw it. And uh, I, he, I mean, part of the thing is that I have a really low bar, like just like everyone else. I'm not into it. M. I can go fuck himself. I don't give a shit. We ate dinner one time, and he was at Tinto when we were eating there. And I didn't say nothing to him, because I was like, whatever, man.
2: <laughs> whatever M. Night <laughs> I like, and Ding
0: M. If that's your real name, I don't give a shit. I'm going to keep on eating my Tinto food. Anyway, so
2: um so I go into
0: this <laughs> My movie 18 <Tinto> <laughs> tofu. I go into this movie thinking like low bar, but whatever, we're going to see it, it's fine. And um I did not hate it. It was there it's it's one of those movies where there's a reveal at the end and I thought that the reveal was uh pretty interesting. Um the uh, there's like a lot to do in the movie with psychosis and another thing that I hate is I hate movies about mental patients. I fucking can't so stand
2: it. So do because,
0: I. Well, the problem for me is that I can't tell who created who. In that when I have mental patients, because I work in a mental hospital, that act out, I can't tell if they're acting out because that's what their psychosis is doing or because that's what they saw in a movie. So then that, that's what they did. Because ninety percent of the time every single manifestation of weird psychosis that I see is directly taken from movies. And then, you know, it's been admitted to me on a couple times like, oh no, that's what I saw. So that's what I did. You fucking asshole. So um I have a hard time with mental patient movies. This movie had both of those, and I didn't hate it. They got some of the psychosis right, which I'm like, huh, okay, cool. And uh, it is genuinely scary when you think about it.
1: I'm just, I just don't know if I can trust you.
0: I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I'm going to say it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Well, so that's three. The on- children were annoying. I, I'm annoyed by children. Yep. You know, so that's what I heard that it was
1: super I it, of all people. I was talking to Joe Hardcore about this. <laughs> I, I thought he was calling me for official business stuff. He calls me up. The first thing I thought, he goes, "Uh, yeah, that movie, The Visit. Don't see it. It sucks. I said, <laughs> I said, really? He goes, those kids, man. I can't handle those kids. Yeah, that was it. it was like the beginning. I was like, is this is why he called
0: me? It's one of those movies where it's like, you know, typically I'm annoyed by my kids, little kids doing little kid things or kids not being kids. I hate that shit. In this movie, you got some grown ass acting kids. And I'm like. Okay, sure. Well,
2: Why I think not? that's the problem is usually when kids are annoying in movies, it's because the writer or the director has this skewed version of what children are like yeah, and makes them sure. so much more infantile and annoying than they have any reason to be.
0: I would agree with that. It's like when I see uh, drag queens and I wonder like, what females are you basing your drag character on? Because I've never met any females that act like drag queens. RuPaul.
2: <laughs> greatest woman on earth.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. But, you know, it's the
1: same thing with children in horror movies. You, when, just, you just have a thing about drag queens. I love drag queens. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you think about that. Not a lot of but people again, would compare that, those two things.
0: Oh, no. It's totally it's totally real. Because if a drag queen's playing a drag character... I mean, that's How fair. many brassy, bra- like, brassy women do you know that walk around going like, blah, 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 like doing all that shit?
1: Just my mom. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh boy! So uh, <laughs> yeah, my mom listens to this
1: podcast.
0: <laughs> I'm kidding, mom. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, so um, so what's your whack? That's three on track. Three on track. And and to be fair, it's not like the visit was like super on track. Get on your get on your bike and go at this now. point,
1: Shyamalan but, not shitting himself is pretty on track. Yeah, yeah. And
2: but you know, see, that's my problem with all of this. Is that's fair. Things shouldn't be on track just because they're not terrible, and I, I feel like that's why movies like American Mary were people celebrated so much because it's not terrible. Like, set the bar higher, people. You I'm deserve not more.
0: Celebrating, to be fair, I'm just saying. I didn't you're putting
2: hate. it in your on track. Yeah, session. because I
0: you put it in there because it way to go, happy. Josh.
2: Happy happening.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, so whack. Um, whack, I will say, is uh, this week has been, we're all in this uh, zone of paranoia concerning the Pope visit and all that stuff, and I'm not excited about that. That's all I got,
1: though. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's your whack.
0: <laughs> and it's also whack that the Good Ridden show is the same night as the Gloss show, and I had to choose, but I'm going to
1: see Gloss. That's also, yeah. And I, so, uh, my whack related to that is that I think I can't go to the Gloss show because <laughs> the highway is going to shut down. Thank you. At Like ten o'clock tonight, yeah. And so it'll add like an extra hour to my commute, Fuck and I just that, don't dude. feel like. Yeah,
0: it. no way, dude. It's yeah. too
1: much. No, no offense to Gloss, and if I had thought it through, I would have gone to the Gloss show in New York last night. And I almost went to that, dude.
0: You should have. And I was Ina like, co played, and
1: I know. I just honestly, and uh, more Mother Goddess, who uh, I worked Road, with right? for a while. Christy
0: Road did a spoken word thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. But uh, more Mother God, ga- more more Mother Goddess is a uh, Camey Def Star who actually worked at the Neighborhood Time Exchange with me, and she's super cool. Yeah, she they were they played the fucked up show at the yeah, yeah 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 yeah. Anyways, all that just all all no. She played it wasn't the fucked up show. It was the Los Crudos show. Los Crudos, not Los that's Crudos. It. Uh, I limp said wrist. Los Crudos, but I meant Lipris. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> all that to say, that's part of my whack. Uh, right. Let me let me say, uh, I'll actually start with whack because we did this as you guys know. This is a redo. Last time <laughs> I didn't really have a whack because I don't watch a lot of things that are whack. Right, and I've got two whacks. Your tastes are so awesome. They're no like, wax well, that I'm not, not taking, even on the radar <laughs> It's that I'm not taking chances But I, re- I remember I went on this whole thing like Well I don't take a lot of chances I don't see a lot of things That I think I'm not gonna like So I don't see a lot of wax stuff But then I forgot about reviewing movies And basically I haven't been on hiatus But I haven't been as active In reviewing films And I literally yesterday Had two reviews go up That were me taking a shit And I hate that <laughs> I actually hate it I hate it when you I hate have to when write your, When your
0: product is negative like that And mass.
1: If it's occasionally, sure, but when it's like a continuous, like, oh, I keep seeing crappy things. So the two things I saw, and I I definitely got shit for one of these. So I'll say, I'll start with the one that people didn't really notice. I saw a movie called uh, Der Nachtmar.
0: Der Nachtmar. The Nightmare. From its name, I'm guessing it's French?
1: German. (laughs) (laughs) It's a joke. He was making a bad joke. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put you in a headlock. <laughs> so this movie has some hype around it. It's a visual artist, a German visual artist, that a lot of people like his work. And he's mm-hmm. got some real famous supporters. Uh, and he released a document or not a documentary, a trailer that was like eight minutes long, only on the internet. And that was sort of how he got the money to make the rest of the movie. And people were, oh, it's going to be so cool. I did not love it. Uh, it's a movie that focuses a lot on using Strobe
2: effects. And loud EDM music. Another trope I hate. And
1: strobe effects or EDM music?
2: Together in one movie, it makes me sort of sick to my stomach. Right.
1: A movie with like soft talking and then they switch to a party scene and it's like rawr, 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 rawr. And it's not here's the thing too. The music was uh, sort of put together by the guy from Atari Teenage Riot. Uh-huh. Oh my so,
2: god, I god. always wondered what happened to him.
1: So he definitely picked EDM songs that were more on the aggressive scale. So like some of the songs were like uh, Not Harsh Noise they were, like, danceable versions of harsh noise. Like, right. it was, like, intense. And again, someone who knows about this music is probably like, you're getting it wrong, Liam. It's actually <laughs> Neo Hardhouse or some yeah. bullshit. I don't fucking know. The <laughs> point is, is it was loud. So I'm watching this movie, and every time there wasn't music, I had to turn my volume way up so I could hear it. And then the music would come uh, on, and it was so loud, I thought my stereo was going to break. I had to turn uh... it back down. Anyways, point Come being on then. Point being, it's got a cute concept for me in that this girl is sort of haunted by something that might represent either her own delusion or something supernatural. And it's actually a sick piece of char- like a character work. Like it's like a muppet looking thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a little blind creature thing that she can see and other people can't see. And then eventually the point at the where the movie sort of makes a shift is other people can see it. And then it's like about sort of protecting her from this thing. And uh and it's not a bad bad idea, but it has a, the depth of like an episode of uh of Tales from the Dark Side. Okay. And it's an hour and 45 minutes. So it's like too long. There's just not enough there. There's just a lot of scenes of her dancing without a lot of clothes on and drinking. And then and then occasional anxiety about the creature. And then it sort of culminates in a cool idea, but because there's so little to the movie, they never really get at the ideas. There's a lot of questions like she – I'm not giving anything away by saying in the beginning of the movie, like within the first ten minutes, it seems as if she's hit by a car. But mm-hmm. then she wakes up and she wasn't hit by a car. But then it's like, well, was she? Is she in some sort of <laughs> space between life and death or whatever? Uh. But all of the thoughts around that, like what is the deeper meaning, that's all the work that you do. He never – he just does it and then it's just not acknowledged and then there's a creature and then the creature's only there a few times. And in other words, like there's all these cool ideas that are never – Fully, fully real,
0: realized. And it yeah. bums me
1: out. Fair so enough. that was my whack, whack. Was that? The other one was a classic, and I got a lot of shit for not liking this movie The Sentinel. You
0: don't
2: like it? Really? The movie. I don't like it. What about it don't you like?
1: I will list them off for you. One, way too derivative of all the other supernatural, haunting y movies. Like just too. Two, two, two movies, Amityville, two, whatever, whatever. Two, Exorcist y, two, right. Rosemary's Baby ish. Two, a few creepy visuals here and there, but the plot is like a real mess to me. Mm -hmm. It's not, it doesn't refresh my memory. I don't know if I, I've seen it, uh, but I don't quite remember young, young lady. She's living with her boyfriend, which Mm -hmm. immediately anxiety. And she wants to move out Uh and her father dies. And her father's kind of a creepazoid. And you learn that when her father, she walked in on her father when she was a kid, uh, uh, fucking two fat ladies. And uh, for whatever reason that made her kill herself and then she survived and now she's going to move into a place on her own and she has these eccentric neighbors and she's just had these weird experiences and then it turns out there are no eccentric neighbors so they're and like she's- creatures or whatever and meanwhile there's a priest on the top floor. And you know whatever movies I'll, I'll reveal what happened. Basically, you find out that the house itself was sort of a portal to hell. And oh, the I think I like saw this. Yeah, the sentinel guarding the portal to hell, and then she right. is going to replace him. You know, I did um, see this, yeah. and it culminates in a big thing where there's a lot of f- circusy freak type folks and yeah. disabled people, and they're like the denizens of hell. Whatever. Not into uh, that. Well, I mean, I wasn't offended by it, but it was just like that was sort of the culmination of the movie, and at that point. I wasn't that invested. I wasn't invested in her. Uh, a couple of the performances I really liked. I really liked uh, Burgess Meredith. Was fun. How can you not? Yeah, yeah, it amazing. Amazing. Yeah. But like, I, I, there was nothing visceral or creepy about. It. Like, I didn't need to be scared. Mm. But it didn't get in anything for me. Um, it felt weirdly like an actually religious movie. Like, if you think about it, like she sacrifices herself to like defend against the gates of hell. I don't it's care about that. It's a little JC action going on there. Honestly, I mean, I don't know if it was intended that way, but as a modern person, I was watching it being like, there's too much, like, it." well, the anxiety, it's that weird 70s thing where it's like, on one hand, you want to fight the forces of evil. On the other hand, anything with a priest is creepy. So they just keep mm-hmm. showing priests, and that's supposed to be creepy, and I'm like,
0: Not nothing creepy. about that yeah.
1: is creepy for me. Okay. It's, it, Anyways, a, a lot of people love it. That's fine. I just found it boring. And I had, I, I unfortunately had high expectations because the cast mm. is huge. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. so many cool people in that movie. And like, you've got Christopher Walken has one line. <laughs> That's it. He's like, just, he's just there. The coolest scene was uh, the mom from National Lampoon's fingering herself. That was pretty neat. What? Oh, uh, I totally
2: forgot about don't that. Don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> she just, she just gets off and you don't know why. It's Doesn't so she weird. try to seduce her?
1: I think it was supposed to be a seduction, but it was not sexy at all. It was the creepiest it was the creepiest yeah. self stimulation I've ever seen, and that's saying a lot. Uh, uh, uh I don't know, I just I, he, I I again maybe I just had too high of expectations. And it's not a terrible movie. I just felt
2: like at the end I was like, Okay, well that's a you know Just not happen. into it. I, I wasn't see a fan. That. I mean I feel like I liked it because when I saw it, I didn't know anything about it. Mm. My issue with that actually is the same issue I have with Rosemary's Baby where I can ignore it for a little while, but it really annoys me when there are movies with a female character who's just helpless and kind of thrashing around. Like I just have no sympathy for those characters. It's not
1: even just the character, which I, I totally agree with. It's also like the performance. She... Was not good. Like, <laughs> she just... she. I would say this. Rosemary is not a great character, but I feel like Mia Farrow brings something to the character. Yes. This is the same character almost... It is. I would say actually more depth than Rosemary, but a worse performance so that I care less about this character than I cared about Rosemary.
2: She at least tries to kill herself. Rosemary is just like...
1: Yeah, that's, that's fair.
2: Total inaction. <laughs> She's
1: just, oh, what's happening? Oh... <laughs> But I'm sure I'm sure that doesn't mean anything about Roman Polanski, though.
2: All right, uh, don't shit talk Roman Polanski.
1: <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I didn't. So those are my whacks. Uh-huh. I'd say my other whack is. Uh, you guys may have noticed we have more and more writing going up on the site. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. And I love. I just got a submission. I'm just waiting for pictures to come with it for a new column. We're gonna have an '80s column called "Love in the Time of Collars Up." <laughs> Who's writing this? Uh, Well, I made up the title. (laughs) But my friend Aaron was like, sure. And then the first movie she picked for what is supposed to be an examination of love films in In the the 80s. She picked Top Gun.
2: I mean, it kind of is. Ah, (laughs) That's awesome.
1: I love you, Aaron. She's the best. (laughs) So anyway, so uh, that's great. My whack related to that is that I haven't written a word. Right. I've written a lot for Synapse. You've been busy. Nothing against Synapse, like I'm glad to write for them, and I think my writing for Synapse is more reviewing Blu-rays, which is not really what I want to do for Cinepunks. Right. But because I've been doing that and I've been busy with other life stuff, I haven't gotten to write what I want to do for Cinepunks. Like I want to write, I really want to write this thing about comparing the drive-in experience to punk shows and mm-hmm. talking about the need for film fanatics to embrace a diy attitude okay you know when i was at broad street and we wanted to show movies the number one response we got was oh well people who like movies are real picky about where they see movies so they would never want to see movies here
2: i said what if
1: we got money and it was free no they still wouldn't want to come and i and then no way that place is awesome for I, movies I, yeah and i think filamoca so i was going to tie the driving experience to filamoca and to other diy venues and say you know, if it's true, if you're a film fan and it's true, you don't want to go to a DIY venue to see movies. I just want to question that. I want to say, like, maybe you need to learn because one of the things I like about punk culture and 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 that you know tradition that we sort of are vaguely attached to is the idea that like you take the opportunities made available to you. If there's yeah. a space to be in, be in that motherfucking space. Think like, one, get up in there. Think about some of the more memorable
0: screens we've been to have been in non-traditional movie places. I agree. Like when we saw the big birdcage at Eastern State Penitentiary. Yeah. Or when we, you know, just the cemetery screenings. And the, like
1: the reason I focus on drive-in is it's not because that's not a traditional film space. That's a very traditional film yeah, space. But what what's appealing about for. the Mahoming drive-in is it's, almost it's run down it's it's yeah. classic like it feels like a ghost drive it it feels it like a, yeah it's so wonderful so i think there's something about that that i want to apply and say as film fans and as film exhibitors let's look more for those venues let's look more for opportunities to do the unexpected thing so that's the sort of thing i want to write i haven't put a fucking word on the page <laughs> and uh you know i have a in october i'm doing the journal of fear and i'm moving it from synapse to CinePunks, Mm -hmm. which I think is great. Wow. I want to write an intro for that because obviously... Not everyone who looks at CinePunks knows about that. Right. They might not read Synapse. They might not know about it. So I want to write a longer intro about mm-hmm. horror movies whatever. I haven't written it. So that's just a whack feeling of like having cool ideas and not being able to execute on them is right. a very whack feeling.
0: I know? understand. Uh,
1: and that's exacerbated by having experiences like uh, spending three days trying to rescue our audio because <laughs> I have no technical know-how. And if I did, I would have known within an hour – oh, there's nothing to rescue. It's like, fucked it's up. Like, it's done. Yeah. But I didn't know that. So I read article after article <laughs> on how to do it, only to figure out I can't do it. Um, on track, I've seen a lot of super cool things. Uh, I talked about a few of them in our Lost John, so it's hard to go back some. But, um, yeah, well, I mean, you don't have to go back. Just yeah, say. totally, totally. Uh, I will say, uh, I agree with you. I recently saw Deathgasm. Right. And I loved it. I thought it was really great. Super fun. Yeah, super good.
0: Not the kind of movie you're going to think about afterwards, but it was a good time. No, no, no,
1: stupid in yeah. every way, but that's what's fun about it. Enjoyed I enjoyed it. And this is one of the things we're going to talk to Sam about in a second here is uh, her hatred of fun.
2: <laughs> fun. Fun can go fuck itself. <laughs>
1: I love that. Uh, but then the, the other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit, and I talked about it last time, and I, I, I want to make sure I highlight again, is a movie that's on Fandor called Blind, Right, uh, you put it on my queue. Yeah, for
0: me. I haven't watched it. Yet, I
1: love it. It's a great movie. If you have the opportunity, please make the effort to see it. If you have access to Fandor, it might be available in other ways. I don't know. It's really good. It's just, uh, it's about this woman sort of exploring her life now that she's blind, but she's also a writer, so she's sort of exploring her world through these characters she's writing about, and almost like inflicting her life onto theirs as she's creating mm-hmm. it. And I just really liked. The way that those two worlds blended together In the narrative I just thought it was really well done um, And then the other thing That I did recently that was cool Is I went to the movie brunch at Nighthawk Oh, how was that? What'd you watch? We saw Me, me, You, and Everyone We Know Is that, is that yeah, right? Yeah, The
0: yes. uh, Miranda July movie? Yeah, Miranda July
1: yeah. I've always liked that movie Like I saw when it was a thing You mm-hmm. know? Um, but I hadn't watched it since then And mm. now that I'm kind of over the whole Pooping back and forth aspect of the film <laughs> Which was sort of the focus for me Is that little kid <laughs> re-watching it I'm like oh I like the rest of this movie too Like I really connect with it In a way I think when I first saw it I didn't really get it as much right. And I didn't know this But the screening was on film It was a 35 oh, millimeter awesome. screening And it was beautiful It was really cool What's funny
0: is that I like Miranda Lai's movies More than I like her music
1: I don't like her music at all.
2: Yeah, I definitely
0: honest. I didn't I mean, even know she made music. She was on K record She's like one of those indie girls from like way back that in the 90s. That would be why. Uh, so indie
2: rock is not really uh your thing.
0: No. No. Fair enough, man. All right. Fair well let's transition into the first Oh wait, wait the main no, there was the I, I mentioned that there was a fourth movie that I saw. Oh, I forgot. No, I, forgot. I forgot what it was. It was a short by Svankmeyer called The Ossuary. Have you seen this? Oh yeah, it's great. I love Jan Svankmeyer. Like one of our first episodes we talked about Alice, like, you know, all that yeah. Czech animation stuff. And I'd never seen The Ossuary, and it was on Fandor, and I saw it this weekend, and I think it might be my favorite um, Spunkmeyer movie now. That's cool. Because it's so... I mean, they go to that church that's all the bones in Prague.
2: It's beautiful. I've been there.
0: I, I was in Prague and didn't go there. Oh, you should... Because I mean, I'm it's, smart. Yeah. It's,
2: it's like kind of far.
0: Oh. Well, it's, then I don't think It's not so in
2: Prague. It's like a 30, 40-minute drive outside the city. Okay. So...
0: But just seeing it in that movie was amazing it's yeah and i mean like i love sponkmeyer's camera work i love the way he presents things and then have it juxtaposed with like the children's class and all that stuff i thought was really really awesome and then how it ends with the graffiti on the skulls and all that stuff heartbreaking totally heartbreaking and it was one of those movies i saw this weekend that i was like man this is like a thing like i'm having a moment that's really cool (laughs) and uh i thought it was really really good so um i'd urge everybody even if you're not a sponkmeyer fan to watch it it's on fandor fandor you rule
2: Plus, I feel you, like Fandor. tis the season. Tis it the, is season is the season, indeed.
1: Uh, that's a good place to make a transition. So let's do that. <laughs> and you love, I whimsy. love whimsy. You're all about whimsy. Yeah. <laughs> so British horror.
2: <laughs> Speaking of, Sam, whimsy of
1: whimsy, Sam asked us to watch three movies uh, for. Uh, Coming up on her blog, uh, Satanic Pandemonium, she's going to be doing a, a protracted series, let's say, an extended series. Super extended. On British horror films. What's and protracted so protracted mean? I don't think protracted was the right word. I
2: think You mean? Because
1: I know what it
0: means when I talk about it, but it's not good when I talk about
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that was... Anyways, let's keep going. So the point is, she has us to watch three movies. Horror Express. Raw meat, Wait, raw meat, and Quatermass quater mass in the, in the pit. pit.
2: None of which are whimsical.
0: All of None which are deal whimsical. with trains.
1: That's true. Well, I, I would say Quatermass, when it first starts, could be whimsical and then it just goes dark. Like dark you know what I mean? Fast. Like oh British scientists find alien things. Like to <laughs> me that could be totally whimsical and fun, especially when they're like, you know what these alien things are connected to? Magic. Magic <laughs> is actually aliens. And you're like, oh that's so neat. And then it goes so dark. They're just like, which relate to a you know so fast. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> like uh yeah. Anyways, well, so let's let's uh, let's well, Let's, start let's off. get into
0: it a little bit more. Let's so, about, okay. why, can, you, can you, can Sam, as a fan of horror movies, talk to me a little bit about how you got to liking this particular style of horror, like the old British Hammer movies?
1: So, and, I, and these I, are not are Real quick, I think only one of these was a Hammer film. Is that right?
2: Yes, uh, Quatermass in the oh, Pit. Oh, that's is the only one.
0: Gone. What yes. were the other two?
2: The other two are independent studios. So right. when I say independent which I talk about in my introductory article, the main three studios are hammer, which did the majority of the period piece bodice rippers that are usually literary adaptations. Um, then there's amicus who did anthology films and they pretty much popularized the horror anthology. Like there would be no tales from the crypt TV series without their work. Um, Mm. And then the third is Tygon, and they which you should watch because you haven't seen a lot of Satanic horror, they did movies like Blood on Satan's Claw and Witchfinder General, mm. stuff like that.
1: I actually love Witchfinder General. Did you did you Liam before this,
0: did you know a lot about this kind of movie, this British horror in particular? <sighs>
1: There, are, I mean, so there are things that sort of seeped in early on. So I had seen raw meat before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have seen Witchfinder General, a few of the like more weirdly extreme ones, like some of those like it's another I forget the name of it. It's another one of those like uh, torturing people in the name of Jesus sort of movies. Mm-hmm.
2: Sounds like Pete Walker.
1: Yeah, I think it might have been a Pete, a Pete Walker movie. But as far as Hammer, I've only seen a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The Hammer Poe series. Uh, I've only seen The House of Usher and you didn't like those it, those
2: like, aren't Hammer films oh and I thought that was a Hammer movie those are all Roger Corman movies oh that's right I'm some sorry some of them are British co-productions but most of them are American films
1: um, not to so be that so I don't guy. know I, I know I've seen so I know I enough to know I've seen a couple Hammer movies mm-hmm. but I also feel like you know, my main exposure to Hammer films is trailers. It's like okay. trailers on other things. And you sort of go in. And again, I'm using Hammer in the way I think a lot of American people use Hammer. Yeah. In that, to me oh, this is British
2: and it has yeah. period <laughs> stuff. So it Hammer happened film. in the 70s. To mean stuffy and British and yeah, 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 yeah. But very for, sort for of for mannered. You, this is like a thing that you like, though.
0: You're you're down with this genre of film. Yes. it's. How did you come to it? Like, Because, see, for me and Liam, I think most of our exposure to this has been through Exhumed. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw Horror Express as a double feature with Night Train to Terror.
0: That's how I saw Horror Express. Like, I don't really know much about British horror movies, so for you to get into it, like, just I don't know, just curious how you did that.
2: I mean, I by what way? When I started watching horror movies as a kid, I tended to be in sort of to watch them in like two different camps. On one hand, I would watch stuff that was sort of like comfort movies, like Vincent Price older stuff that's not as extreme always and that's the kind of like i'm in a bad mood i want to watch something really comforting movie and that's how i got started with hammer then of course on the other end are like fulci movies and stuff that is more obscure more extreme and i don't know why i i really love british horror literature so i think that sort of extended to British horror films. Plus I love Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. I mean, I was raised by grandparents, so I tend to like that sort of, that sort of mannered politeness that I think a lot of people associate with
0: With British culture in general.
2: Yeah. But also the world war two generation. Okay. It's very comforting for me. So plus they're just so great. And I, mm. I do think over the years I've met a lot of horror fans who don't watch British horror because they assume it's all really stuffy. Which, honestly, some of it is really like white people in a corset, but a lot of it's also not.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, the period, some of the period... I, I wouldn't even say all the period stuff, but some of the period stuff, sure, it is that sort of classic-y, we're in a castle, boo. Mm. Yeah. But, um, I mean, some of the satanic... Like torture stuff is way more extreme than a lot of what was going on in America. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, I feel like the three movies we watched are pretty extreme. Yeah, they're, they're three movies pretty that brutal, I could thought... have been corny. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. So I will say, actually, Raw Meat to me is actually surprisingly not brutal. I think it has brutal elements, but if I was like Subterranean Cannibals, that could have gone way darker. Yeah. But the other two movies are movies that, from afar should be corny as shit. I mean,
2: mm. well, parts of horror express are sure. a little corny. I think we talked about this last time, but there's this amazing scene where, so horror express is based off of the same story that the thing is based on in the thing sure. from another mm. world called who goes there. And so they're on this train. There's a creature on the train. It starts infecting passengers. And the way that they test who is the creature is they look at your eye under a magnifying glass. And (laughs) they can see the entire universe in your eye. And it's so, (laughs) so cheesy, but in such a delightful way. So
0: great. It's so good. And then they look at the blood. And the blood has the pictures of, like, the earth on it and stuff. Yeah. ah, It's wonderful.
1: (laughs) I mean... So the thing about Horror Express is that uh, are we recording now? Are yeah, we good? I think it's. I think you're right that a lot of the special effects things, a lot of the like strangely, I don't even know if you could call that sci-fi, but like that fantasy. There are aspect, sci-fi elements. Yeah, there's sci-fi elements. A lot of that stuff is corny. What's weird is the effectiveness of like just seeing the hands. Well, the effectiveness or, of the pacing
0: and the way yeah. that the, a lot of the one commonality I found through these three movies is the blocking of each shot. Like, there's a lot of attention to like long shots. Sure. There's a lot of uh, slow pacing as far as camera movement goes. Yeah, like I'm, I don't know much about techno- tec- technical terms in terms of movie making, but I can tell. I can pick out shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And as far as uh, these movies being of that time of of like English, you know, whatever, being British movies from then, that that seemed to be like a thing that you could chase through the three movies.
1: I mean, I, like I said, I just think with both Horror Express and Quatermass in the Pit, now that there wasn't anything Cordy, I mean, in Quatermass, the alien things. They're basically
2: locusts. Yeah, they just are
1: like giant plastic locusts that they put green goo on. They're like, look, they're melting. (laughs) Like, it's not that scary in and of itself. So there's corny elements. But both of them could have been, for me, Mm -hmm. stupid. Just straight up like, oh, yeah, there's a creature on a train, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? Or, oh, they found aliens in the dirt. Like, neither one of those premises in and of themselves have to be effective. But Mm -hmm. I think especially with Quatermass, it ends so intensely with such a huge chaotic thing. Um, And not that raw meat isn't also intense, but on paper, raw meat could be way worse than it is. Like, Mm. there could be a whole team of cannibals.
2: Especially if you go to it after watching Chud and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it came before those.
1: Yeah, significantly before.
2: And, well, it came out in seventy two, and Texas Chainsaw was seventy four. Oh, okay. Um, but definitely a decade before Chud. It, it just, I think, what makes it not cheesy is that the director, Gary Sherman, makes you feel really, really horribly sad for the cannibal. I mean, basically, mm-hmm. the premise is that in sometime in the seventeen eighties or seventeen nineties. These people, maybe maybe a little later than that, basically Victorian era, these people get trapped in a subway station. And instead of digging them out, like, they're there to build a new branch of the subway. Instead of digging them out, the government just leaves them down there. And they eventually, you know, there's inbreeding. They forget how to speak English for the most part. You, He makes you feel really, really... Like, dude, the, the mind guy the is doors monstrous, bit at the end but is so mind brutal. the doors. Oh my
0: god, it's so heartbreaking! Yeah,
2: all he knows how to say <laughs> is "mind the doors," but you want to cry every time he says it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To it's be true. fair,
1: I did find it a little bit ridiculous that they would just forget English that much. I mean, I, I, I to the extent that he is so inbred that maybe well, that's I think all that's why. Yeah. I think yeah. it's yeah. because but of I, but the lighting. Like, you could probably lock humans underground. For a few hundred years, and they'd still have remembered a few words. Like or at I don't least can know. talk to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the idea that like, because he's the last. I mean, what really got to me too is he's the last one. You yeah, know, like you that, see. That's you see the he's, one lady. Well, die yeah, I think we forgot
2: and, to explain the plot. But basically, that's, that's why he's kidnapping people. You <laughs> don't need
1: to explain. Watch these movies. You don't need to know what the plot is.
0: <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm now sorry. we're going to draw the line and spoil yeah. the movies. <laughs> he,
2: yeah, he's basically kidnapping people. You, you get the idea that they drag people down there every once in a while. to to eat them but he's he kidnaps this girl because his female partner has died and he's alone like he's the last one
1: yeah and he starts off i mean he eventually rages out but he starts off like uh, as tender as he can be As a horribly diseased Underground cannibal yeah. He like protects her from rats He's trying to be cute with her She keeps punching him In his diseased head yeah, yeah, Which is not really Chilling him out Yeah, yeah no And no. then he
2: just starts screaming Mind the doors <laughs> Oh man that's so, so brutal so sad I mean
1: that's the thing If that's the one thing You know how to say You're trying to express All your emotions With mind the doors You know Because it was funny Because Josh Josh was watching it He goes Man this woman has has endless compassion and I like, she does well, you know. whereas
2: her American boyfriend is a fucking asshole yeah, that's true
1: <laughs> but to be fair she does punch him in the boil I mean everyone goes for there's it's one part the of his head well, that he is clearly fucked her,
2: up but he yeah. kidnaps her it's and true. drags her down into the subway to a room full of rotting dead bodies that that's also true you yeah, probably would good. punch him in the boil too I, I mean I,
1: I do have to say though he takes a few headshots before he gets rapey well I he mean, tries
2: to calm her down and she yeah, just he, gets more Hysterical,
1: and I think the thing is, is like obviously, there's no good resolution when you're kidnapped by a diseased cannibal. Yeah, there's no like, well, let's just talk this out, (laughs) you know, like whatever. (laughs) But I mean, you, it is, it does feel, I mean, when he's uh feeding his dying companion blood. That's a oh, little man, less. Yeah. That sweet. doesn't make you feel bad for him. But at later on...
2: No, there is a, I felt bad for him. You felt bad for him me at that to, point? He's trying to take care of her and nurse her back to health, and it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, that's a yeah, bummer. And
2: then but, he's left all alone forever. <laughs>
1: I love that you're just like, <laughs> I defending feel the so bad for this dude.
2: <laughs> I'm kind of like, I feel kind of bad for him. I don't know. I mean... Him or the American boyfriend? Who? No, that's fair. The way the movie starts is they find this guy who has been knocked out in the subway, and she wants to help him. The American boyfriend thinks he's an alcoholic, and basically says, "In New York, it's a vacation when you're not stepping over a drunk person or a dead body." <laughs> he's just a dick. <laughs> I, I I do think
1: there is. He is sort of the jerky jerk, and like there's like a British like. Ah, uh, these Americans, you know. Oh, like, yeah. uh, And you know, there's a few aspects to that. There's the Donald Pleasance character, bag stuff. Yeah, the, Donald oh, Pleasance's the best
2: role movie. ever. He's amazing in
1: it, and he's, <laughs> he's got this. Hilarious in he's it. smart, but he's uh, gets
2: drunk for no reason. He, he's
1: just drunk. He isn't quite paying. like and I'm
0: not quite sure that he's acting drunk. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's fair. <laughs>
0: Hey, um, realism. Just saying, man. The man's committed to his craft. There's but I think
1: a- <laughs> it's, it's he plays an interesting character who I think is frustrated because he wants to do the right thing, but he probably he has can. limited abilities and uh, limited power. But also, like, they do set up quite a few situations. Like the big kidnap scene, he's getting drunk. Like, I think the directors <laughs> yeah, want to you drunk. a guy that you like. But you, you, there's no, no illusion that he's going to fix things. You know? But like, he does. Right,
2: right. He he sort of comes in and saves the day at the end of the film. Yeah, and
1: then he goes, call
0: MI5 or whatever. Well,
2: but he also, the greatest part of the movie is, so Christopher Lee, who's an MI5 oh, agent, yeah. he's in the movie for maybe five minutes, but maybe. they are yeah, I was five like, what's spectacular up with <laughs> minutes. So he comes in and he pretty much tells Donald Pleasant's character, who's a police inspector, that... He can investigate missing missing persons' cases if it's a shopkeeper or someone who doesn't matter basically right, and Donald Pleasance tells him to go fuck himself <laughs> <laughs> like actually says that
1: I think that aspect of it where it's like you the movie starts with the lewd government official, which mm-hmm. for me in the little bit of like British stuff like that that aspect of the British horror where it's like the uh proper man who wants to interact with lewd women you know well, that that sort of yeah. like sexual hang Very up British, aspect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's something about that that is in those movies a lot and then the idea that the government would want to hide like it doesn't you don't get the feeling that christopher lee is actually that concerned about what happened to this guy no mm-hmm. not he just at all. really wants to make sure no one knows about the gross stuff you right, know right right and i love that aspect of the movie that it's and I, I, I mean, we again. This is I, I feel bad for y'all listening to this because I'm like, oh, we already talked about that, and we didn't. We talked about it in the last episode. So I do want to say how British all three of these movies are. Right. You know that in Raw Meat, you know they abandon these poor people in the tunnels. <laughs> the government doesn't really care about whether people are getting eaten or not. Just cares about well, we can't let anyone know this guy was a pervert. You know, right, right. right. Um, the Quatermass thing. There's sort of this like proper, you know, the government can't accept the aliens that explain magic because it just doesn't make sense. Like, that would just be crazy. Well, because they
2: think it would make them look bad.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's just
2: It's the, there's sort of this military, and certainly, I guess we have a similar issue in the U.S., but nowhere near the way they do over there where most of the military commanders are upper class. right? And there's this sort of in a lot of these horror movies, there's this sort of connection between despising the aristocracy and the upper classes and thinking that they're all horrible and corrupt, but sort of glamorizing them at the same time. Yeah. And I that certainly exists in British media. I mean look at the thing that came out about the prime minister. Did, did you see any of those articles about yeah. how he did Indies and things with a pig when he was in college? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like they constantly want to expose them, but at the same time, they're not going to put somebody who's blue collar, who's never been to Eton, in mm-hmm. an important position. It, it's a really weird thing that we have here, but because we've never had an aristocracy, I don't think it's quite as black and white. I
1: mean, yeah, in some ways, the Quatermass, you could translate that onto American culture in the extent that you have the scientists who kind of really know what's going on, and yeah. then the military who doesn't really want it to get out what's really going on. I mean,
2: on. Day and the Dead definitely borrows that Sure, but the level of denial in Quatermass
1: is a more than... I think it would be harder to do an American movie where a guy straight up goes through an experience like that and then is like... No, it's it's fine. I mean, even though the work... Like, I feel like the the character that really got to me about that wasn't the upper-class military as much as it was the drill guy. The drill guy goes through this whole horrifying experience where there's so much vibration that they're puking. He's out there. He's clearly shaking. He's clearly upset, and he goes... So I guess uh, I guess I'll just give it another go then. Or, and I, I'm like, if that was an American in that role, like you wouldn't write that. You would. He would go, Yo, I'm out. Like would I mean, just be like, I'm done. That was scary. But like, it's it's. There's my, something, my
2: union says I don't have to do this. Exactly,
1: <laughs> it falls outside the but descriptions of my job. But it didn't feel false. It felt British. It felt like that's yes. yeah. The British guy would be like. Uh, whatever you say, governor, you know, like, gotta go back in. All right. That yeah. sounds right. Yeah. I feel
2: like you could get away with that in British movies and Japanese movies, certainly. Yes, but, like, yeah. an Australian movie or an American movie, no. oh, hell no. They are not going to keep using that drill. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, yeah, I feel like the Australian version of the Quator message scenario is, like, People just leave, like they're just like I don't know what's going on. Just, just leave it alone, man. Don't talk about. Up. See you fine. later. Yeah.
2: They would blame some Aboriginals and arrest <laughs> them. <laughs> but only British people
1: would be like, not only is it not a problem, but we're going to invite the press because clearly <laughs> it's great. It's fine. We're in charge here. We figured it out. Fuck you Mass. And like You know We're gonna get the you, They have a live TV shot Yeah
2: And Quatermass is in there Being like no! Don't show this on TV <laughs> It will cause Widespread panic And they're like No you don't You don't understand It's fine it's, And then it does cause Widespread panic Oh yeah And then Lo they, and it,
1: behold Yeah and then it turns out You know Total mass extinction Mob And, I, I, and you pointed ritual out Ritual slaughter Yeah it's what it is Is ritual slaughter And you pointed out That anxiety I mean this is around The same time Where oh, there race were riots right. And mm-hmm. there were things going on And how, in what ways, I mean, I don't think it's a direct recreation, but it plays off that anxiety that under the proper British, because you're talking about a culture that there's properness, there's tea, there's also soccer hooligans and riots, and you know what I mean? Like, Mm. it's both a brutal and a proper culture, and those two aspects are at war, and a, you know, in a in an interesting way.
2: Well, yeah, I mean Nigel Neal, who wrote all of the Quartermass t- or Quatermass TV serials and the movies that uh, are inspired by them, he he goes he went on to say that the race riots happening at that time, the that sort of sense of terror and anxiety, definitely inspired the end of Quatermass in the Pit.
1: One of the things I found sort of compelling about. Quatermass specifically was that space of combining the legendary magical history of England, which yeah, I think folklore. is a cultural thing. So the sort of folklore aspect with, with this modern like time. modern yeah. science—it's aliens, it's yeah. Martians—sort of thing,
2: which is brilliant.
1: Yeah, it worked really well.
2: I mean, right. I feel like that's Neil Gaiman has made like a whole career out so, of doing <laughs> Yeah, and he American got it all from all Nigel that. Neal. Yeah.
1: Wow, I it also in that sense reminded me a little bit. I don't think of now, but some of the early Hellboy stuff. Mm. Oh yeah. You know, Mignola really sort of suggested there was this, I think he's moved away from that a little bit in the newer things, but mm.
2: that was like a real aspect of that. Yeah. So, like
0: iron on. boots and Santa Claus yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Shit's great. I
2: it mention. is. I, I think <laughs> okay. a lot of these, a lot of my favorites of the British horror movies do that very well, where they look at the pre Christian folklore and in a way that i feel like most people certainly know about dracula and how uh, vampirism as like an eastern european myth but there are some really creepy myths from the british isles as like as a whole hmm. that they explore very well not only in their films but in 70s tv programming too super creepy
0: yeah like what i've i've not watched any
2: Children of the Stones. Uh, it's it's weird because a lot of it is kids programming, but in a way that we never really got over here. Like mm-hmm. I feel like we have some weird stuff, but a lot of it looks at like druids and any sort of like. Would you count something like Wicker Man in there? Oh, definitely. That is still an
1: movie. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I agree. And there's also... The soundtrack's amazing. There is also a song sung by a naked lady. Totally. How often does that happen in cinema? Uh,
1: Well, and I will say that's that's a... What's interesting is when I read about horror movies you hear a lot about the edits of British in the British sort of market that a movie mm. was made and then it gets to England and it's and gets a video and nasty, gets cut. But but that's a little later. Yeah, I mean, that, that seems to be later. There's this period where British movies have so much sex and violence, like so much just <laughs> boobs everywhere. It's like you know, there's like a you, like, you couldn't do a scary movie without just nudity. Boobs. Like you just need it. It's <laughs> yeah, just like yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. it is. You know, just a part. And it 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 to me regardless of later eras of censorship, it is interesting to see that sort of freedom on screen from a culture that I tend to think of as more repressed, but obviously mm. that's a stereotype I mean, in some ways.
0: Well, yeah, not but that's the same thing with Japanese culture too, like this weird professional veneer that gives way to like this horrific thing underneath.
1: I don't know. It's I mean, yeah, did you ever see the interview with the tentacle porn guy? No. So, you know, there's, of course, there's a guy who was the original guy that's like, yeah, no, tentacle porn. This makes sense. <laughs> Good idea. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. We'll just rape a woman with tentacles. That makes sense. So they interview this dude and... Well, that's been around since like the 1700s.
2: No oh, that's shit. fair. But I mean, really? in the modern I mean, it, they're anime They're called ukiyo They're like woodblock prints. Yeah yeah 1700 Uh. so this is not a new thing it's fair but this
1: dude was like the one of the first dudes to go super extreme in the Uh, manga one of the comic
2: artists yeah yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: and he was like they were like it's so weird that you do this extreme stuff in this repressed japanese culture and he was like is it (laughs) how is that weird it makes total sense, actually. Like, what do you mean it's weird? Like, the it, it was so clear to him that oh, the connection yeah, yeah. between Japanese culture and between the extreme art he was doing was just obvious and we should just get it. Yeah, that, no. Like, oh, it's not a dichotomy. It's. Because of it this is, is why I the do theory. what I do, you know?
2: Well, it's also... I think you're talking about the guy who wrote Uzumaki, uh, Ido.
1: It's very possible. Yeah, who, I forget I forget his name.
2: He... I feel like approaching that culture as an American, it's easy to think that there's just this one guy doing wild and crazy things, but that's not the case at all.
1: No, not at all. I, that's a pretty extensive w- genre.
2: Right, but which is why I think that he probably was surprised by that question. Mm. Like... Whereas in British horror, really the first horror films in color were the Hammer movies of the late 50s. Mm. But certainly Deathline, which is the British title for raw meat, and Quatermass in the Pit were both given an X rating. So Whoa. even though oh, wow. they came out before like the rampant Thatcherism and the video nasties, like they were still censored.
1: Hmm. that's so interesting Wow. now if you opened the next movie in England was that the same box office death as it is in America or could you still make a little bit of money
2: no my understanding is that X rating meant like this is too scary or too extreme in some way kind of like the uh, S rating in Spanish films sure, it just sure, meant sure. like too much we're not really sure too much of what but too much whereas here it specifically means too much sex Mm. Mm.
1: that's one of the weird things with american cinema is that i think it means too much sex but you do occasionally hear about movies at least back in the day that flirted with an x rating and it wasn't for sex it was for violence violence and and extreme stuff and then but there had to be cuts to get down to that r yeah you know and uh but i feel like and again, I'm not the best horror movie historian, but I don't know that any American movie got that X and still made money, unless it was pornography.
2: Yeah, mm. no, it's actually not to change the subject too fast, but one of the films on my contemporary horror list, sure. Cherry Falls. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was cut so heavily, it never got a theatrical release. Like it got wow. not not here. It got I think it got a release in France, maybe. Or somewhere in Europe, but it, it went straight to video and pretty much died a sad, lonely death. And it still hasn't been released uncut, which seems insane. So whoever has the rights, release it. Get on it.
1: So these are three movies I think we all enjoyed. And yeah. I, and again, I apologize that we lost the last episode. So <laughs> we're, for us, it feels like we're retreading ground for you guys it's the first time. But I do want to ask... So, those are three good examples. Uh, what are some other, if you were going to recommend three more movies, so maybe someone's listening to this, they like horror, but British horror is like something they haven't gotten a chance to delve into. Where should they start? Like, what are, you know, what, what are, are good what starting are, points what are as an entryway? What are good starting points that people could just like actually find and maybe get stoked on? Also, to be about.
0: fair, these are great starting points as well. Yeah. No, I, mean,
1: I, I, I think starting with these three movies is a great place yeah. to start. I just want to. For me, you know, who starts with three movies? We need at least six movies to start. Fair. That's how I feel.
2: I feel like this is a hard question to answer because there are so many different kinds of British horror. I mean, off the top of my head, anyone who hasn't seen The Innocence needs to watch it immediately.
0: I have not seen The Innocence. Have you seen it? No.
2: So okay. it's an adaptation of uh, The Turn of the Screw, and it came out in 61. It's much like Quator Mass in the Pit. It makes a really excellent use of the soundscape like the soundtrack is just terrifying but Mm -hmm. it's about this governess who is hired to watch over these two unruly children and she's sort of told by their uncle who's their guardian who basically just lives in london and parties it up like he doesn't want to raise these children he just pays for them he tells her that whatever problems arise she needs to deal with them herself and that's part of their contract and she just it seems a little ominous but she says sure no problem but it turns out that she really can't handle the situation at all and i don't want to ruin it but it's one of those movies where It's usually marketed as a ghost story, but I think it falls somewhere between psychological horror and supernatural, but does it so effectively that by the end, you're not even really sure. Hmm. Okay. So that one is fantastic. Uh, A really great folk horror movie would be, I think I mentioned it earlier, but Blood on Satan's Claw, which is...
0: What year is this?
2: I want to say that it's 72 or 73 early 70s, but it's uh, a Tygon film and it's about these teenagers who basically sort of get involved in a, let's call it a pagan cult. I mean, the movie starts with a farmer unearthing this really strange looking skull in his field that you get. The idea is probably some sort of demon and it's the complete opposite. I mean, I know a lot of people love Witchfinder General, which it's a witch hunter movie that's totally non supernatural. Whereas this is the complete opposite. Like the witch, the witches are real. I kind of like that. I'm into it. Oh, I love it. Okay, I, I think it's it's definitely up there. It's I think it's out on DVD. It's definitely out on Blu Ray in the UK, but I think it's gotten some more attention in recent years. Okay, Hmm. so
0: we have the innocence and blood on Satan's claw. One more.
2: What about. Make it good.
1: I was going to say, what about, like, for me, I've avoided any of the. I wouldn't say any, but I've avoided more of the purity. Yeah. Like, are there any good examples of what people would consider. You called it
2: a bodice ripper.
1: Yeah, what people would (laughs) consider the stereotype of British horror. Are there good examples of that?
2: Sure. I mean. If I had to just start with one, what is popping to the top of my head is a Hammer movie called Plague of the Zombies, which is what? their only zombie film, and it is definitely a period piece, but it's pretty amazing. Like, mm. they take it places you maybe wouldn't expect. Because I like so many of them, it's it's hard to sort of narrow it down.
1: Mm. Well, I appreciate that, and I, I think for me, I find that to be interesting because a lot of horror fans end up watching the same movies over and over. Yeah, it's true. And I think that that is limiting. I, I, I definitely have f- friends who aren't like that. So, for example, a friend of mine uh, named Albert is a huge collector, and he seems to have an unlimited knowledge when it comes to classic horror. Like, <laughs> every genre, everything, he's has it, or he's seen it, or he remembers seeing it when he was a kid, like that dude. But I also know plenty of people who are just watching... Night on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and Halloween over and over and over again. Or the Sam Raimi, you know, sort of the classic later 70s or early 80s American movies. And that's what they're watching on repeat. And I really want to encourage people to, you know, it's a pretty huge genre. Sure, with some real duck eggs. With some real Real, bummers. But some real heroes as well that you you haven't gotten to see yet, you know? Right. Fair enough. That's my feeling.
2: Yeah, I mean that 's part of the reason why i 've been doing these series for my blog is not only to fill in gaps in my own knowledge but just to kind of keep watching new things, even if new means older
1: well and that 's a great transition point. not that we couldn 't talk more about those three movies, but uh, i did we did want to take a chance to talk a little bit about contemporary horror. Versus classic. Now, as we sort of established last time, we did a whole question thing where the assumption of the question was that everybody
0: thought that modern horror was bad.
1: Yeah, everyone Everyone thinks modern horror is bad, right? Only recently I thought about it and I thought I had a lot of newer movies that I enjoyed. Mm. So I put the question out there and I got such a mixed response. I got half the people were like, of course, all old is good, all new is bad, fuck you. And then, when I put the same question out on Twitter, the response went the other direction. Only stupid people say that. There's lots of good new horror. Fuck you. And what was weird is, I wasn't feeling like I had a particular opinion in either direction. I was saying, in the past, I've asserted that only old horror mm-hmm. is good, and most new horror is bad. Now I'm thinking it's about not that extreme. That sure, mm-hmm. classic horror is my preferred, but there's some good new... And people – it seems like this is a very real issue in the horror community. Yes, huge. people who are filmmakers or people who are invested in newer movies are very angry at fans of classic horror. They feel that we're not giving them a chance. Mm. But those of us who are more classic people, which I would say even though I will defend contemporary horror and I will end up defending it to Sam because I know she has more of a negative opinion than I do (laughs) – I still do mostly consider myself a classic person Right. Uh, that we're not giving a chance to new horror movies. Now,
2: I don't know. I'll give them a chance when they're good,
1: <laughs> <laughs> when here's, they're well-made. Well, made.
0: Here's well a- the thing though, like when we posed this question this is hardcore, Steven Welch is one of the people that answered this question. And his contention was that a lot of new horror movies are bad because a lot of movies are bad. And I thought more about that between this taping and the last one. And I kind of think that he's on to the right idea that like, there is so much more now, so of course it's going to be harder to find the newer, better stuff, because yeah. you're going to have to dig through a lot more bullshit, because a lot of shit sucks, and that's the truth. It's I mean, true
2: of mainstream, too, though. I mean, when yeah, we're earlier when I was though. sort of admonishing you about liking the new M. M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan Ding Dong movie. Yeah. movie, it's because I feel like people should want more, but more's not necessarily out there. It's true. And,
1: and, I, and I will say, this was a point brought up by uh, our good friend Douglas Tilley. Uh, host of uh, the uh, Eric Roberts is the fucking man podcast <laughs> and the guy who designed our new website. So big yeah, ups to him. Big ups. Uh, I
2: don't know who he is, but I should listen to that podcast because I fucking love Eric Roberts. Have you
1: ever listened to the podcast No Budget Nightmares? No. It's a podcast just about ultra low budget movies, just lowest of the low budget movies. So Eric Roberts is the fucking man is his new project. Right. Uh, um, and he's also written for Daily Grindhouse before. and oh, that. Nice. He's, he's a great Good 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 guy. anyway's Canadian, so he's nicer than me. And his feeling <laughs> was that uh, that actually the ratio is similar. that mm. if you look take a given year in the classic horror period that we're talking about, which mm. for me is definitely actually post it's more in the, from the 60s on. okay you know? So take from that period, 60s on in a given year, that the ratio is is uh, somewhat similar. Mm-hmm. or possibly a slightly more positive older period because there were less movies. So, like, in a given year, you might have had so many horror movies, whereas now you actually have maybe three to four times as many movies get made. Mm-hmm. But there are actually way more horror movies being made, and he's of the opinion that a lot of those movies, if not the majority of those movies, are bad, but a few of the new ones that he thinks are good are actually bad. Better than the movies we all venerate as classic great horror movies. Wow. The issue is that sometimes they never find an audience. So you see a movie, it's amazing, but no one's seen it. Mm-hmm. Or we are all... The other thing I think he's suggesting, but he's not a, a mean enough guy to say this, that because of nostalgia, we're unwilling to sift through the shit to find the gold right. because we, already we could have just gold. watch. Yeah, yeah, we've already seen those awesome movies. Why should we watch those movies? And he thinks that that is a limitation. Um, and that, unfortunately, the movies that make money are actually the worst of the worst. And but, that, yeah, and
2: but that's true in almost every genre.
1: That's my thing. I, I sort of suggest that the, the thing, a lot of people would say modern horror has real issues, but is that Hollywood, in other words, if you're looking at smaller horror movies, is there as much crap Mm. or not maybe if i guess if so if you're talking about some of the like directed dvd shit that i've seen but i've definitely like you said we were just talking about fantastic fest every year i go to fantastic fest half the movies i see are horror movies right every year and of those movies do i love them all no there's some real trash but there's always at least a few that i'm like that you're like that whoa movie's
0: that movie's amazing you're never gonna see it. <laughs> and i
1: think at this point that's where we have disagreement because so, i this is my analysis. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, we've said this before, but I want to reiterate it. Sam has this blog, Satanic Pandemonium, and she wrote this contemporary horror. These are the 30 movies. And for me, the theme with all 30 of these movies... Yeah, the 30 movies
2: that I, I really liked. Because yeah. I think this got cut earlier, but basically, I always get into arguments or right. discussions with people who just accuse me of hating everything, which sometimes is true, but... I decided, after thinking about it a lot, especially in terms of It Follows, which I did not like and got lots of hate for, I thought about movies that I did like and I figured that maybe it was time to write about them on my blog because usually I write about older things. Fair. So that's where the list came from.
1: And this is my feeling on the list that sort of gives me a little bit, at least when it comes to modern movies, and I don't know about classic, but at least with the modern movies... You definitely prefer bleak to fun. And some of the horror movies that people have gotten into that are newer horror movies are more fun. Mm -hmm. And I don't even let's I I happen to like fun. But let's leave alone the judgment for a second. (laughs) I wonder if the judge away. Well, But I, I wonder if modern horror movies are more fun because a lot of more recent people don't actually find horror movies scary anymore. So they're inclined to make more, quote-unquote, fun horror movies, because that's how they view the genre in general.
2: See, my issue with that is, so I I do like some fun horror movies. Return of the Living Dead is amazing.
1: Okay, that's a great example. Mm.
2: And I mean, I grew up on a steady diet of fun Vincent Price movies. So... There is fun there, but for me, there's a difference between fun and vapid and vacuous, which is how I view most of these movies that try to be fun, because they're just sort of hitting these sort of greatest hits of what they think are supposed to be in horror movies. And that's what drives me crazy. I'm now trying to think of a recent horror comedy I liked. I... I found Shaun of the Dead to be entertaining. I think really the only fun movie on my list is Cherry Falls, which does Scream so much better than Scream tried to do.
1: Well, and I recently tried to rewatch Scream. I, it's I, bad. I was 100% down with Scream when it came out. Like, that was for me, like, that was for me at the time, oh, Wes Craven, he's still relevant, that's great, you know, because Night Run Street was how I got into horror movies. Yeah. But watching it now... It's no good. I I mean, no and it, I all. felt bad because some people it was for two cents, and some people were like super stoked. Like, "Scream yeah. is so great!" And I, I was like one of the few out, people that was like, "Yo, fuck that."
2: I <laughs> I, see, I have a big problem. Getting back to our brief discussion on tropes that we hate, I have a big problem with what not not specifically. Movies with teenagers, but movies with characters who are presented as sort of not flawed. Yeah. And that's why I don't like a lot of these recent, like the remakes of everything from the 80s. And that's why I didn't like Scream because I wouldn't like those people in real life. And and I know that characters in a movie are never supposed to be real people, (laughs) but they're just so two dimensional and not interesting. Like I don't care if anyone in scream gets killed. I hope they do. And they (laughs) weren't getting killed fast enough. (laughs) So whereas the characters in cherry falls are way more like it's a satire in an obvious way, but the characters are at least a little more damaged.
1: Do do you think you have issues with the meta aspect? Like, like a movie like cabin in the woods, is that too meta Too like self-aware?
2: I don't have a problem with the self-awareness. I have a problem with the constantly patting yourself on the back because you're self-aware. Okay. Like, it just feels congratulatory in a totally unnecessary way. Like, I don't think there's anything particularly smart about being self-aware. It's just doing the genre a little bit differently. Hmm.
1: What about something uh, like Tail and Ducker versus Tail and... T- T-
2: Tucker and Day- Dale Tucker and Evil. Dale
1: versus Evil. God I damn it!
2: Thought I was gonna hate, and one of my friends made me watch it and was like, "No, no, no, just bear with it." And I liked it because it didn't try to be anything too much. Plus, I also really like Firefly and washes in it, so I, I gave it a little bit of.
1: I. Uh, it's funny. I was. A, I, I do, I think we have more to say about contemporary horror, but that just made me think about this movie, The Final Girls, that's coming out. Yeah. And uh, I, I reviewed it, and I think a lot of people didn't like it because it's not very horror. Like, a lot of people were like, oh, it's a horror movie, but it's kind of corny, it's whatever. I watched it being like, oh, it's a, f- it's a family comedy that just happens to take place in a horror movie. But, like, nothing about, like, I don't think the movie's pretending to be a horror movie
2: like the mm. Adams family and that kind of Fair. stuff I'm totally fine with I like when non horror movies or novels what have you when they use horror tropes but it's really a drama I tend to enjoy those
1: What did you think of a movie like The Guest?
2: I haven't seen it.
1: Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, we both like The Guest a lot.
1: And uh, The Guest is a movie that is an action movie mm-hmm. that uses horror, horror, tropes, horror stuff. Yeah, yeah it, like definitely has moments where you're like oh it's a <laughs> horror movie but then it's not really a horror movie at no, all it's more of an action movie it's yeah like, shoot them up yeah. yeah which i
2: love but action movies good and bad so i i'll have to watch that one <laughs> yeah.
1: um so josh what are some of your thoughts about this what is the what is it about the classic versus the modern horror movie and i know for you you're someone who from from I'll use that word again from a meta level or maybe from a detached level you don't like modern horror movies but then when we get specific there's a few you do like yeah for sure
0: there are definitely movies I've seen in the past 20 years that I've been like yeah good times I've enjoyed you know but i mean it's it's so if we if we consider something like antichrist a horror movie which i guess unequivocally it is that's a lot different than watching um drag me to hell you sure. know what i mean um and in that, I think that like for me, I I enjoy popcorn eaters with the same fervor that I enjoy movies that make me think and make me like actually consider what it is that I'm taking in. Um, modern horror movies has had a lot more popcorn eaters than things that I've thought about, Yep. for sure. And uh, it definitely hasn't moved me the way classic movies have moved me to consider further things about society and everything else that I deal with on a daily basis, right? But um what do I remember more? What do I watch more often? I mean, I've seen Evil Dead 2 more times than I've seen Melancholia. Did I think Melancholia was scary? Fuck yeah, I thought it was scary. It was terrifying to me. That movie like is so brutal and so bare. you know. But again, I've seen Evil Dead 2 10,000 times and it gets fun every time I see it. You know what I mean? So mm. so what is my take on horror movies, on modern horror movies specifically? Um, I enjoy them and I will always give a chance, but I definitely you're chasing the dragon at this point you're looking for i like being scared i love being scared that feeling of like jumping and not falling down that weird flutter i love that shit that's my shit you know what i mean so every time i watch a horror movie i'm looking for that feeling and it's just like heroin not that i've ever done heroin but so i'm told you know the first time is always the best time and then you go back looking for that feeling and so that's how I see modern horror movies like I'm looking for it I'll give it a chance because I love that feeling so much but will I get it not very often Not hmm. more, more often than not I'll just be left like well that was a funny like a scary part I almost had to close my eyes at that part but I'll never get the whole general feeling of dread that I used to get well because again you know we're older et cetera. Et cetera. we've seen more horror movies now you know what I mean
2: well I and know. I think we've also seen more scary real life stuff too yeah
0: that's also true Real life has yeah. definitely mirrored horror in ways that I you know, especially living in cash money Kenzo, I've seen a lot of fucked up shit. You know?
1: But Yeah, I, I, I think um I think between the three of us I'm the most stoked on on modern horror, mm-hmm. which is funny because uh I think before I started giving independent film more of a chance, mm. I was not stoked on modern horror. Right. So I think there was a period, probably mid-2000s, where a few of the movies on your list I watched because they were extreme. So the French extreme, I, yeah. I knew that some of those were sort of thought of as horror movies, but I didn't come to them that way. I came to them that way because uh, I started reading Continental Philosophy. And there were a few people writing about Derrida who were into Von Trier. And Mm -hmm. there were a few people writing about these philosophers that I were into, that were into movies. And they were like, oh, you should care about this movie. So I would watch it or that. And Mm -hmm. so when I saw something like that, I'd be like, oh, clearly horror influenced this guy. But I wasn't taking them in the context of horror. It was only then later on that that connection of philosophy to film was part of what brought me more into film. And then as I got into more into film, I started to realize, oh, there are new horror movies that aren't fucking uh worth your time paranormal activity or some bullshit like that or the
2: american remake of the grudge which i still uh, want that two hours back give it back uh,
1: to me and here's the thing about that too i don't know do you guys like the original yeah yeah yeah. like when i saw juan the first time i saw juan is when i it was my first time living away from home i was i moved to norfolk virginia was on my own didn't have any friends yet went to the local independent video store where they, I knew I needed to find friends because they knew my name. Everyone oh. who worked there knew my name. And uh, I was like, I need, something, I need a horror movie. And they were like, oh, check this Drew on movie out. And they had both. So I know you guys know this. There's the original original and then the remake the, of the yeah. original. Yes. So I rented both. I watched really? them consecutively. And they both fucked my shit up. I'm watching what is just a higher budget version of the first movie. And it's still it's scary. It's still
2: fucking me up. I'm in the apartment <laughs> by myself. I got a pillow over my face like, fuck this shit. That was yeah. me. That was me watching Audition. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Oh, when you first so see good. the burlap sack oh, move, yeah. I was like, it's no, so I can't creepy. do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, and the thing is, is like, you're right. It's that chasing the dragon thing. But I don't think it's, I think for me, I'm a little more positive that can happen. And here's an example. And you're going to hate this because you hated it. That's how I felt about It Follows.
0: You were scared when it follows. Yeah. It
1: it follows. You love that movie. Fucked my shit up. Yeah. I
2: don't see. So, okay. I guess for me, there's a twofold problem. And one is that I would say 99% of the time when other people are scared by things, I just don't have that gene. Like Okay, that's I, fair.
1: That's funny from someone obsessed with horror movies, <laughs> but okay. It
2: is. Well, and I think that's why, because I keep trying to find it, but like I can count on one hand the number of times I was scared by books or movies. And Really? Yeah. I don't,
1: I'll be fair, I don't get scared by books. Almost I get s- almost ever. Dude, no,
2: well, I'm the only the time I've ever been scared by a book was when I read The Exorcist under my desk when I was eight. <laughs> and No eight-year-old is prepared to read a scene where somebody gets stabbed in the vagina with a crucifix. So
1: The problem with me and The Exorcist was that I saw the movie first, and then I read the book. And the book is, I think, actually better than the movie. The
2: book is better than the movie. But
1: the movie had already sort of prepared me, so I wasn't that scared when I read the book.
2: Oh, see, as a kid, I would say it was a little lawless growing up because... I was raised by my grandparents, sort of back and forth between my two parents who were divorced. So I pretty much did whatever I wanted. And my dad, who introduced me to H.P. Lovecraft, I mean, so much stuff that is probably too scary for kids. The only thing he said to me was, please don't watch The Exorcist until you're 14 or 15. And the reason for that is because he saw it when he was like 11 or 12 and it scared the shit out of him and he hadn't watched it since then. So he had this like built up memory of it. So I was like, okay. I'd, he never really gave me too many rules. So I figured, all right, like one. I'll follow this one. <laughs> but he didn't say not to read the book. So I read the book. It was fucking terrifying. And then when I was like 13 or 14, I saw the movie and was kind of let down. Because it's just, once you read that book, not knowing what to expect other than girl gets possessed.
0: It'll fuck your shit up.
2: It will fuck your shit up.
1: <laughs> it, I mean, it's an intense book. But I, for whatever reason, books don't scare me. They do fuck me up in that uh, the Polaniak book. What's the name of it? It's all like stories based on real stories. And the first one is super
2: gross. Oh yeah, I know exactly oh, what you're talking um, about. And there's a story
1: when he reads it live, people that like people pass throw savage. up yeah. and all that stuff. So was I it? I didn't know how intense that was, and I was reading it by myself. And again, it didn't scare me, but it did the visceralness Revalued, of it. Yeah. So that I I was like oh, and I stood up and I just felt gross, and I thought I was gonna puke. Like I was like, and like nothing I've ever read has affected me. Again, not that it scared me, but like when I read things they wrap me up but they don't emotionally affect me that way mm. and that shit like i was like i'm gonna fucking puke right here just wow. it was a nice summer day and i was like well, yeah. i'm about to vomit yeah. i just
2: felt like it was kind of boring but i used to work in look a morgue you. so she, look at you <laughs> once you're like tossed around intestines it's a little hard everything to get everything else is kind of again yeah. being one obsessed Fair. with horror
0: movies and how jaded you are to horror things is really really funny it is <laughs> just saying
1: so 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 uh uh
2: but i like the day ruiner movies
1: yeah i mean i, I day ruiner don't get me movies. wrong like yeah. i love bleak i love harsh mm-hmm. i love emotionally you know whatever but um i don't i haven't reached my limit yet when it comes to like so for example a lot of people didn't like Your next i hear that a lot people are like i loved Your next I just I had fun with it. It was yeah. so much fun. I I don't know. I maybe it is that I find modern horror movies that don't rely on jumps. As so, this is what I, I can't. Yeah, stand. I
2: hate jump scares. This is what I can't yeah, handle about modern it's horror movies.
1: So and we've boring. talked about this on here before. Yeah, jump scares. No thank you. Sound effects um, like the
0: big jarring. Yeah, barm, cool. like that shit sucks. Uh,
1: all the characters are jerks, so you want them to die. No thank you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, any a lot of these like newer supernaturally things yeah. i mostly no, don't you. especially like if it's set in modern times like i will say uh what was the movie it's one of the few blumhouses i didn't totally hate uh possession possessed whatever it's i get a possession movie whatever the only reason i found it more effective than some of their other sh- dumbass movies is because it's set at a time i just can't handle possession movies in modern times like i just feel like <laughs> did you see the devil inside no. no I oh wait, is that, that the
0: one where the lady has Alzheimer's or something?
1: No. No, it, The Taking of Eleanor Rigby uh, yes. is fucking awesome. I actually love that movie. And it's, it's one of the few okay. I'll say that's one of the few uh found footage movies I actually really like. Okay. But only because of how fucked up it gets at the end when she's like eating that guy whole. That mm. that I was like, "Oh, that's good. Good work <laughs> on that. I'm into that." All right. You got me there. That's good. But again, I don't get that. I think I think in some extent, when we're talking about chasing the dragon, I've replaced fear a little bit with being bummed out. At this point, I want to be emotionally damaged because I'm not going to be afraid. And I think with it follows the reason it actually got to me. It's it's dread rather than feeling. That's what I'm saying. I actually will. Because I've had that nightmare of being followed, mm. the dread aspect of that got under my skin. And I think that is actually more effective to me than a movie that's trying to be like, look, it's a guy with a knife. Yeah. Yo, I don't give a fuck about that guy with a knife. Like, yeah. if you're going to do a guy with a knife movie, it better be funny, actually. Or it better be like something goofy or something out yeah. there. I'll find that. I, I guess that's why I'm still into the funny versions of it, because I find that entertaining mm. more than a movie that's like, no, it's a guy with a knife. Like, take us really seriously. Yeah. I'm like, I
0: know. Well, the funny thing yeah. about It Follows, just as a sure. an aside, I don't know if we talked about it when we actually discussed the movie, but Melani was not afraid of that movie. We she did, did not, talk about that a yeah, little bit. And she didn't like it because she wasn't raised with a strict religious upbringing or a religious upbringing. So you at got all.
1: that religious angle. I didn't get that at all.
0: I totally got it. I didn't it's, get it either. Well, it's completely ambiguous and it deals with sex. So it's like you don't know it's what bad is going to happen. I yeah. just
1: interpreted it
2: as... How is that as,
0: not
1: religious? <laughs>
2: How is that there's plenty of, I
1: got 100% think you're wrong.
2: There's okay. plenty of non-religious guilt in the world. Granted, but... I mean, look, sex at, look at England. Though. Not the most religious country. Guilt? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think,
1: uh, again, also my viewing experience was somewhat altered by having the director there and like doing the Q&A with him afterwards uh-huh. so that I got to hear what he was thinking about it. And for him... It didn't, because that was one of the first things people brought up was the religious aspect. And he felt like the movie, though it dealt with guilt, was more about the guilt that teenagers put on each other. Uh. About the idea that your sexuality is something that can get used up. That's also
2: what I thought that it was. That
1: that was sort of what, and that doesn't mean, again, I'm not, I don't actually believe in the idea that if he didn't intend it, it's not there. So, like, Mm. him not intending the religious aspect doesn't mean you didn't get that but i don't i think i don't think it was intentional like i don't think that was his goal but i think it did hit that just from people's responses to it it hit that note for a lot of people in this country saw it Mm. and thought about religion which is like not what i was thinking about but if that's what they were thinking about i don't think that that's for me again there was a lot of things going on in the movie but all that got to me was just something's following you there's nothing you can do about it, and you never know that it's like it's the shots, get to you, yeah. the long shots where you know it's in the background, and but they just haven't walking focused in on it. it yet. Yeah. Every time that happened, I was like, "Fuck this movie! I'm going to leave. Like I cannot.
2: <laughs> Fuck you. I'm out.
1: Like I just couldn't <laughs> handle it. It was too much for me.
2: That's so weird. I felt like those were so just boring and bad. <laughs> are you? But, a, are you a Kubrick fan? Can I ask that question? Honestly.
1: You're not You're not Whoa. I'm not
2: But The Shining Is one of the few movies That scared me Which I feel like Is a whole Other conversation That's a conversation. whole other Sure 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 yeah. and, I, and I
1: don't I think people bring up With It Follows Kubrick Too much I think. Oh, I think
2: I've only heard it referenced in terms of John Carpenter, not oh, Kubrick I've heard, at all. I've heard
1: both Kubrick and Carpenter.
0: Yeah, Carpenter think, in terms of the film score, though.
1: I think it's definitely and Carpenter those for the score.
2: dreadful camera angles. Oh, I thought... I, liked <laughs> I like the camera, the camera angles. Oh, I think I'm the only person who didn't. Because every time I say that, people are like, what? So what
1: about the dead in the middle shots? That was very Kubrick to me. The yeah. Stand in the middle of the frame. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: which I found to be super self-conscious and kind of annoying. I loved it. I loved it so <laughs> But there is one thing I think it did well. What was do that? it. I liked, so I didn't like the parts of the movie that were obviously a horror movie.
1: Sure, sure.
2: Because I thought they were just, you know, all the things I've already said. I didn't like them. But the thing that I did like about the movie was its sort of sense of malaise. Yeah. And having been a teenage girl and an early 20-something, like, even though it was a male director, I feel like he really got right the feeling of being sexually active, but not really, it's like sort of expected of you, but you're made to feel bad about it at the same time. Yeah. And that's why I didn't interpret the guilt as religious at all, because I think he sort of nails that... (laughs) Nails. (laughs) (laughs) LOL. (laughs) He he sort of got that part of it very right, Mm. where there aren't really parents, they're sort of grown up, but not really, and they're kind of trying to make their way, but they can't because the suburbs are just...
1: I mean, I love that, and I do think, I do think there's an inherent uh, commentary going on about the relationship between the city and the suburbs. Yeah, mm-hmm. the fact that the pool is in the city. Yeah, they talk yeah. about the anxiety their parents feel about them going to the city. I mean, it's a movie for me about liminal spaces, about mm-hmm. the weird thing where you're not a kid anymore, but you're, you're not an yet adult. an adult. Yeah. I, I think that that's sort of what's going on there, and and again. Uh, we don't have to just focus on It Follows, but I, I do think it's a polarizing example. There are people I knew who loved it for whom don't usually like modern horror movies, but w- this was the one that worked for them. And there are people who I think love modern horror movies and thought It Follows was a piece of shit. So I don't like know. Me. It's interesting how it is a polarizing movie for some people. Yeah. Like, And again, I think some people over it, I will straight up say it's the first modern movie that scared me in a long time. Since... Juan, actually, right. probably. Wow. On the other hand, people I think see a good horror movie and all of a sudden they think the genres come back as if it went really well. I mean, even if you don't like modern horror movies, you can't say that the horror, horror is away. over. Yeah. It's not over. It yeah. still happens. It will never you be. You just don't over. like it. Like, that's, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like, it's the same way, like, I don't like a lot of new hardcore bands, but I wouldn't be as presumptuous as to say hardcore, hardcore ended in the 90s. Yeah.
2: Hardcore mm. totally ended in the 90s.
1: <laughs> so did not. <laughs> Maybe I just wish it did. You know what's funny about that, too? is like, I, I am someone who used to be like, I wish people would bring back the 90s. And now I'm like, no. yo, 20-year-olds, uh, the 90s ended for a reason. Stop trying to be like... <laughs> or if you're going to be like the 90s, let's have some more chokehold ripoff bands and less Life of Agony ripoff bands uh, or, man. you know... Or whatever. just
2: no 90s ripoffs at all. <laughs> like, <That's> grunge, <laughs> please don't ever come back.
1: I will take every. I will take all of your integrity ripoff bands. I will actually be okay <laughs> yeah. with that. I'm You're fine okay with
0: that. more integrity bands. More integrity
1: bands, especially <laughs> if we're talking like those who fear tomorrow era integrity. I want to. I want to hear someone cover Misha again. That's what you know. Or, uh, <laughs> again,
0: like it's been done. Yeah, it's been done.
1: Oh man. Anyway, sorry. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I think honestly, Sam, we just have to have you back because okay, I think there's more for us to talk about right now. But we've been going on for a while, and I don't want to. Overburden our audience. You know, people have limited attention spans because they suck.
2: I mean, they're great because we love them. You're listening to our show. Yeah, whoever made it this long, you're awesome. Yeah, sure.
1: So let's just wrap up real quick with our uh, uh, things we're hype on. I think this is a good transition to make because as a uh, fan of classic horror, you actually had the opportunity to write about a cultural moment uh, which involved classic horror in a certain sense. You want to talk about that and your event connected to that?
2: Yes. Uh, so I got to contribute a chapter to this book called satanic panic, pop cultural paranoia in the 1980s, all about the real events that were happening when people who owned a daycare were accused of being Satan worshipers and molesting dozens of children. And, I'll definitely talk about that more at the book launch, which is Sunday, sure, sure, October fourth. Sure, sure, sure.
0: October fourth at the Fillimoca. At
2: Philomoca at I believe seven p.m. Yay, Eric Bresler. What up? What's up? Hi, Eric. Um, it's the book is fascinating because it the each of the chapters deals with a different aspect of pop culture. Like I write all about heavy metal horror movies, but trick or treat. Exactly, Trick or Treat, which is the <laughs> yes! best ever. And please don't confuse it with that stupid Trick or Treat anthology movie from the 2000s. I like Trick or Treat Which I well. enjoyed as well. Of yeah. course you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man,
1: that's so funny. We should have talked about that. No, keep going though, sorry.
2: So, yeah, it's, it's a mix between some really depressing content about court cases and deaths and kids who killed themselves or tried to kill themselves and... And the really interesting movies and books and music that was happening at that time Dungeons and Dragons, all of it. So I'm doing Dungeons and Dragons is yeah. about
1: devil worship. Of course. You worship the <laughs> devil when you play Dungeons and Dragons.
2: And when you listen to Not Prince. that
1: that would discourage anyone <laughs> from doing it.
2: Yeah. Anyone who was like, like, huh. For do I really want to worship?
1: You y- al- yes, you, I do. You also do math when you do Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. which is why I hate it.
0: Graphing paper. Totally a part of it. Fuck math. Dungeon crawls. All
2: right leave math alone (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so i'm going to basically talk about some of the subjects the book covers show a whole lot of film clips some of which you may have seen but probably a lot you haven't so i'm really excited about that and i will have copies of the book there for sale too awesome will there be
0: refreshments
2: i don't know (laughs) <laughs>
1: there probably will be
2: probably just usually good, are. They always have
1: free stuff at Phil like weird yeah, snacks. It was a really good, you know,
2: that, I think sometimes they have beer for sale. Oh, they often, Oh, they, they always well, have beer I mean, for you sale. Know. Yeah. I mean, no, they don't. No, they don't. No, <laughs> I mean, who would want to drink beer? That's Only weird. Satan worshippers. He said that anyway, <laughs>
1: Josh, what do you hype on this coming up?
0: Uh, the gloss show tonight. I'm so, um, stoked show. on that. Um, there are a couple other things coming up. Um, Dick Gregory and uh, Paul Mooney are coming to the Prince on the same night, so uh, I'm gonna try and make it to that. Danzig's coming. There's a bunch of stuff, a few shows here and there. Yeah, nothing that I'm super duper hyped on, like totally like really really charged about. But
1: well, uh, other than the Gloss show tonight, Gloss show tonight again. Sorry, I can't go, but it sounds like with 800 people going, I'm you know it's gonna be Not gonna miss space, you. Yeah. You're not gonna miss me. Uh, this weekend is hopefully I'll get this up by this weekend, but there's a double feature at the Mahoning drive-in of Evil Dead 2 and Night of the Living Dead, uh, presented by Exhumed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also there's a number of Exhumed events coming up at the Mahoning, like the Christopher Lee night. Oh yeah, that's
2: the night before the Satanic Panic book right. launch. The night of Danzig. Right,
1: so right, right, right. So uh, there's a lot of things coming up. I would say check out the Exhumed Films website. I would also actually encourage you to check out the Mahoning drive-in website because they do do some stuff that's not Exhumed stuff. Uh, and that stuff is also good. So I recommend that, uh, highly. Um, as we said, uh, the satanic panic event is coming up, but, uh, our friends at Philomoca have a number of things, uh, coming up that are worth checking out. Gone with the Pope
2: tonight. Gone with the Pope is tonight. Which is is the best movie ever. If you haven't seen it.
1: Uh, and then I also want to say there's, uh, down the road a little bit, some cool shows coming up. Uh, always be checking out, uh, Philly hardcore shows on Facebook. There's a lot of interesting stuff. Um, uh, as far as anything else, oh, and one last thing: Harathon. Now, Harathon is technically sold out, but yeah. people still sell tickets all the time. People are selling tickets, yeah. so check that out. Oh
2: yeah, on the Facebook page.
1: Yeah, I, that's my one of my favorite events of the year. Um, as we've sort of mentioned a little bit before. Well, actually, let me start with this. I don't know if we did we thank Len yet? Did I do that? No, in
2: here, no. I want to Landline think,
1: Studios. So, as we said, this is our second chance here at this episode. Uh, A few people tried to help me when I was trying to fix the last time we recorded. One of those people was Len Carmichael, who we love. Uh, at landmine studios and len has also made some extravagant promises as far as giving us equipment so uh big ups to him at the very least his know-how and helping us get our sound together and make sure that we don't lose it again is really great and i really appreciate that but a lot of people offered to help so uh I also john paul want to thank john paul he's going to give us a, a backup recorder which we need mm-hmm. uh, i talked to justin miller for a while um so just big ups to all those folks Uh, And you may remember my whack was about writing for cinepunks, how I haven't done it. Uh, I would love it if more people want to write for cinepunks. So uh, someone asked me, like, well, can anyone write? And, you know, let me be really clear. Anyone can write for cinepunks. (laughs) Now, granted, if what you write sucks, I'm not going to post it on cinepunks. But anyone can try to write for cinepunks. So (laughs) even if you're worried you're not punk or Cinna enough... <laughs> Please, if you have an idea, take a chance. I'd rather have you submit it. Uh and we can work on it. Even if you're like, oh I got this cool idea, but I'm worried my writing isn't the best, like I'll help you. It's fine. But uh we're trying to get a variety of voices on Cinepunks and we'd love for yours to be a part of that that uh uh that growing chorus. And uh for me personally I also have to say I hope everyone had a fantastic fest has a great fest. I'm really sad I didn't go this year. Uh, and we have a number of Philly people who are out there this year, like Jenny Dreadful, who was on here for hey. Jennifer Rogers. Uh, Josh Goldblum, who's one of our favorites. Eric Bressler, who we just mentioned, is out there. So uh, Jesse Nelson from Exum. So a lot of Exhumed, or a lot of Philly people are out there at Fantastic Fest this year. And, of course, all my favorite Austin people. So have a good fest. I'll miss you all. I'll be watching those screeners at home though, so <laughs> <laughs> Pretending like I'm at the fest. Maybe I'll make some food and eat it while I'm watching. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening, y'all.
0: Yes, thanks to Sam for being on our show.
1: Thank with you so me. Much. Thank Check you out the having... blog, Satanic Pandemonium.
2: Yes, Is and it? check out the newest issue of Diabolik magazine, Oh, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes.
1: I actually just finished that article before we went and got you. Yeah, there you I, go.
2: there's a really, really great cover interview with Yodorowski and I also wrote an article all about his friend, Moctezuma, who directed Elucarda, Mansions of Madness, and some other awesome stuff.
0: Awesome. All right. Very good. One last thing. I just want to give a shout out to my man, Mike DC. I love you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Episode 35. Smoke bomb.